<laughs> oh, I remember when that song first came out. God, <laughs> every wow. every high school dance and or graduation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like every graduation. Wait, what song? Show. The the. Another turn Hello and welcome. Two friends per second, the podcast. It's episode 30. We made it. Yeah. I am friend. This is Per. That's second. That's um podcast. And that's Tamar Hussein from yeah. uh, GameSpot. Yeah. Yeah. Friends per second goblin. The gaming goblin. goblin that's right. Gaming Thanks for coming out of the They let me out again. I imagine myself like the hand in Evil Dead. Yeah, you know, they keep them in, in I the thought basement. you were going to say the hand from the Adams family. No. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a cool idea. I, mean, I think yeah. you're both. Yeah, both of them. The visual of one, the behavior of the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's why I like. Uh, we're all we're all together in person because we're playing some games behind the scenes. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, uh, and we just all wanted to see each other. Yeah, and it's nice. Yeah, it's it good is. To see it's you. good. L.A. Man, it's it's the tacos I, are good. I'm not gonna lie. I don't love L.A. Not my favorite place, but. There's cool people here, you know, get to hang out. It's good. I mean, I'd like to go to San Fran at some point. Come up. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. Is, it, is it up? Is it? I always thought it was it down. Is up. Okay. Is yeah, up. That's up. where they invent the games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's actually true. There are some studios in LA, right? There's yeah. like, yeah. Don't like Santa Monica. There's a few. Santa Monica, of course. That's yeah. true. Uh, I think the reason why. I think the reason why you don't like LA, Ralph, is because I'm always just in downtown and I never yeah. go anywhere you, else. You, you yeah. only know this two mile <laughs> like, radius. Crypto Arena sucks, man. LA blows. I'm out of here. LA has four hotels right next to each If you gave me like three or four days, I could I could show you great places right. to eat. He good can place show to go check you out. the world. Yeah. As long it's as you have a podcast. No, I actually would like to do that at some point because I've been to LA, I think maybe 15 times now, and I don't believe I've ever left this area. Actually, one time I went to Santa Monica. That is it. That is yeah. as and far as I went to Gerard's office. No, one time. Twice? Office. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, but twice. again, that was just going to a building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, we had in and out Like, we sure. didn't get to go. We had in and out in and outs good, by the way. Yeah. I yeah. read it. Be but careful. You didn't, you didn't get to have Coco Ichibana. Yeah. Yeah. You do get angry. Yeah. Coco Ichibana as well. Yeah, but he wasn't there for that. He went to the office. Oh, that's right. That's right. You got to get that curry before you go. Yeah, man. You should come to San Francisco, though. I will. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. One day, one day. Well, yeah. we have a lot to talk about uh, in, in terms of even stuff we've seen here in Los Angeles proper. We're not even talking about on this episode. Mm. We're going to talk about the next one. So that's good. There's a lot. A lot of content. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh man. No. I'm so excited to talk about that one. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Which one was it again? The one that we can't the talk about. The one that should not be named. We're uh, here for three games mm-hmm. and we're allowed to talk about two of them. Which yeah. off the top we can say is Spider-Man and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yes. Uh, and then there's a third one, which will actually be, yeah, as Jake said, in the, f- in the future episodes. We can't say what it is now, but we did play it and we can talk about it later. Yeah, so. but we got a bunch. Uh, so we're going to kick it right off with uh, an interview. We're talking to Gabe Amantangelo, who is the game director of Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. Yeah. That's pretty big. It's so huge. we have a lot to talk about. So let's just kick to that right now. Gabe, thank you so much for joining us. I am curious about your background. Uh, where did you start in gaming and what led you to CD Projekt Red? Oh, my background. My background's in my background. <laughs> it's a very it's cool good. background, by the way. It's very yeah, sick. seriously. <laughs> and we're commenting on those old racks, and that's how they used to sell comics back in the day. And it's just—it's not yeah, like that anymore. Yeah, but it's, it was good times. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's that's sweet. Fun. I love it. I love it. Hell yeah, dude. 
Um, yeah, I mean, uh, God, how far back do I go? I mean, my first job in the industry was on this game of Dark Age of Camelot and uh, Warhammer. So that's wow. like 18, 20 years ago now, a long time, right? Um, and, uh, and I mean, what got me into it was playing like, I would say these are like my biggest influences games up here. I put up here Ultima four. Cause it was like the first one that came out that was like, what if RPGs weren't just about killing monsters? What if there was something else to it? What if there was moral choice in it? And this one like affected me as a 10 year old. I was like, Whoa, mind expanded i'm into this i like this and this one starflight starflight 2 exploration it was the first one that just like captured the imagination of like it was just a big universe to explore diplomacy with aliens finding planets you know and like getting resources putting your crew together that kind of stuff but yeah so i mean i i apologize it just happens to be because of my background oh, so I, it's I, cold I, I, I got into that there. But yeah, so about 20 years ago in game development, uh, Bioware EA for, for the vast majority of time, um, set up a company in between, uh, as well as uh, work with uh, CCP and freelance with a couple of others for a while. And then um, uh, CD Projekt Red reached out and said, hey, what do you think about moving to Poland? And then I asked, I asked my my partner and she was like, she was like, that sounds great, right in the middle of Europe and we can travel. It'll be awesome. And then we, we moved January 2020. <laughs> oh, that, no. <laughs> I was going to say travel with all your free time that you'll have while working in game dev. And then yeah. obviously just compounded by, yes, pandemic hits. That's that's great timing. Well, yeah. So that's the that's the the quick version there. So so question why so like why do you think uh, City Project Red might have tapped you on the shoulder? I mean, it's not just like they were scrolling scrolling through LinkedIn sure. and they're like, oh, that's an interesting name. I'll call this guy. Like, how did that connection happen? Well, maybe it was an interesting name too, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it is. I like it. It's good. <laughs> Thank you. No, uh, Bioware, Bioware, City Project Red, and Bioware they they share quite a quite a kind of history. And there's a lot of people that know each other back and forth, recommendations, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so when they typed you up specifically, it was for like, was it for DLC or were you kind of coming in the end of uh, 2077 to help them out? Well, so it was at first and I can only say so much, but it was at first for, for another project, another big project um you know rpg storytelling other aspects to it um related to cyberpunk and you can mm -hmm. crawl the interwebs sure. and kind of piece <laughs> things sure, sure, and, sure. and then uh as cyberpunk 2077 was going on it was like hey can you help with this topic that topic i came in as a creative director and i was helping with a bunch of miscellaneous topics so to speak and kind of getting to know the team and trying to help uh close some things and then yeah shortly after launch they sat me down and what do you think about <laughs> taking over? And I'm like, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> and I definitely am interested in this. I, you know, but I'm going to need support for mm. sure. If we're going to turn this around and I want to know a bit about the, the commitment for turning around. And it's like, we want to turn this around. We want to do whatever it takes. And yes, you'll get the support you need. And of course I'm abbreviating the conversation and I'm like, let's do this. Let's do yeah, this. Right. So, so they asked you to come on board before launch, and mm -hmm. then they appointed you to this essentially head of the franchise, creative director of all of Cyberpunk after right. launch with the remit to basically fix it, right? 
uh, did you have any kind of reservations in that moment, <laughs> looking at <laughs> looking at everything that was going on? Because there was a lot going on, man. I don't know if you were on the internet at that time, but people were really talking about cyberpunk. They were, they were, they were indeed. Um, well, I'm I'm a believer, like, uh, and I believed in the you know what CD Projekt Red stood for. I got to know the team. I knew the the circumstances, but I also saw the you know just the the talent there. And I believed we could do this. And so I was, I mean, sure, there was like, wow, this is going to be a challenge. We got work to do, but I believed we could do it. So that's ultimately. So with you jumping in and heading up a team, how do you even start the process of setting up or outlining how to quote unquote fix certain things? Is it like you just write it all down on a piece of paper and say, we're going to do this? How, How do you even begin well, I mean, somewhat of it, some of it's like organic, but I mean, like I, I think back to it and, you know, I had uh, meetings with each different area, kind of sit downs, AMAs, if you will, uh, back and forth, that kind of stuff, just kind of getting a temperature and figuring out like what's going on in each of the areas, triangulating that with kind of my instincts and kind of vision of things that I would see that I wanted to do. Um, it's just a lot of conversations at the beginning and kind of uh, collaboration back and forth. Um, and it's like, I'm trying to, I mean, cause you know, game development's complex. It's not easy. And I'm trying to figure out how to kind of abbreviate this, but the beginning is kind of sitting down and talking and hearing it out. And then just based on, you know, experience of having been through stuff like this before, I knew certain areas to like go to and be like, okay, so what are our capabilities here? Um, could we do this? Let's talk about that. So on and so forth. So cross-reference of experience with kind of just like open conversations with a lot of people. Then ultimately, me and the directors, we got kind of a, a plan and we bounced back and forth and an idea on how to execute it. And then we start to execute it and it's about opening. And, you know, some of the stuff sounds certainly cliche, but it's about opening lines of communication and figuring out where lines of communication are breaking down. Where do we need to, to fix it? So you can see sort of on the line, like, hey, something's not working here on the line. And do they know how to elevate that so that Gabe knows, so that mm. the, the directors that report to me know, that kind of stuff. So it's laying that kind of groundwork. A lot of that in that kind of, let's say, first six months. Um, in addition to the obvious things of like, oh, this needs to get fixed or this needs to get addressed, but it's laying a lot of that groundwork. And I'm sure you all have heard the red, uh, the transformation, right? This was all part of the transformation. So we also have consultants in that help with this, help monitor it, um, so on and so forth. Does that answer your question, Jake? Yeah. 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 So piggybacking off that then, because obviously the game launched, there was then a huge update journey that began, right? And that is sort of almost culminating now with update 2.0, which we'll talk about soon. But what would you say are the major changes? Because I think it's been a lot, right? And I just want to, not even I'm fully across it, but what have been the major changes that have occurred to the game prior to update 2.0? that have improved it? Like what are the major buckets that we're talking about here? Well, um, we did a lot of kind of foundational work that we were able to capitalize on and grow into 2.0. But I would say the spirit of the changes certainly was like, um, you know, streaming assets and, and stability things, you know, at a foundational level. And then on a kind of design game level, it was making the the world feel more alive. Like, and the foundational, we 
we laid a lot of groundwork for that. Like in 1.5, you saw that we had some more stuff with like how the crowds work, some living city type things. And then of course in 2.0, you can see that grow with obviously the, the AI improvements, the, the police system, a lot of the dynamic events that happen in the world. So it was kind of like, it wasn't, none of those updates were, were isolated, right? It was all like we had this kind of more or less this like long-term plan of a thing we wanted to get to. And these were the beats uh, along the way, but it was mm. to capitalize on the, the kind of all the potential that lived in the world. And, and to me, like a very important thing in open world RPGs is when you've got these stories that, um, that are, you know, um, well-crafted part of getting into the story is being able to get immersed into the world. Like it all kind of complements each other. Right. And so that was a big focus was just the believability. Believability was like a key word in sort of the, um, all the iterations and the focus. I was like, make this believable believability. Is this how things would react? Is this, is this expectations, right? Like when you, when you think about the dark future, night city, what are some of the expectations of if I do this action, What's the reaction, right? So believability. So you get that immersion. So you don't have those those moments that kind of take you out, which then compromises you being able to fully experience the story and the characters. And so that was the kind of the spirit of, I would say, pretty much everything we did from the abilities of being like, okay, what is like my expectation when I come to this on how I would play? Like if I had mm. cyborg, what's some of my expectations? What's that? And if, if that gets interrupted, subconsciously it affects your believability in your conversations with pan am like and it's like it's one of those things that subtext that you just kind of like over time you see those things get disconnected and you try to bring it all together i'm talking i'm, I'm just kind of rambling now and talking about no, 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 no. it's like that's perfect exactly <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what we are totally totally really appreciate that so so gabe uh i am someone who's had only such limited time with uh cyberpunk but i was also one of those people that saw edge runners on netflix and like lost my mind and got so into the game that it made me go back in and, and throw another 10 to 12 hours into it um wow. what was it like for cd project red uh, to see that kind of surge of in, in, engagement kind of sweep through all what you guys are working on considering that you know you had that launch and now you're here working on 2.0, then suddenly boom, Netflix show. You guys kind of got that, the, the wind back in your sails, if you will. <laughs> well, as you can imagine, of course, the team was very happy about it. Yeah, it was exciting. It was great. It was a great morale boost and it kind of um, validated with what I think most of us believed in as we're working. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, a believer, like we like just kind of feel it a lot of potential with this ip you know more stuff to go with it and it, it kind of validated that on just like the stories that there are to be told and the um and just how it resonates um you know from the the colorful cyberpunk to the to the noir aspects and the and then the modernization of it all like there's just so much so much fun to be had and so yeah it was a it was certainly a morale boost and it was exciting for sure no doubt about mm -hmm. it and then we had some Easter eggs and tie-ins and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it a surprise just how successful Edge Runners was? Were you like, did you, did you, did you actually see Edge Runners before it aired? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. And was the people in the studio where they're like, oh, this is going to be massive? Or did it really knock you over just how much people took to that? Well, I knew all along. No, I mean, I, you know, uh, you know, several of the, the writers at, at the company worked on it. I saw some of the screenplays. I saw some of the, the early screenings, that kind of stuff. Um, and certainly it was like, 
some of the story elements, there were some of the story elements, even I remember in Cyberpunk 2077 that we wanted to get some of those story elements in, and, and some of it was captured there. Um, you know, some aspects with like cyberware, for example, was captured there a bit better than, mm. than some of the stories there. So Definitely. for sure, like, I think we were all believers in the potential of that, that those storylines, those themes, um, and then seeing it come to life. Um, I think we were cautiously optimistic, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like, you know, mm. there was the obviously the like, oh, you know, uh, all the stuff that happened. But at the same time, like, yeah, this is really cool. And let's see what happens. And then when it happened, obviously, we're like, yeah, we knew all along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. So then you took that momentum into, you know, seeing, you know, a grander reveal of Phantom Liberty, Idris Elba being in it. Um, I remember, so at Summer Game Fest this year, I took a, a cyberpunk appointment. It was like a 90 minute hands-on. And we were just like, oh, it's just going to be Phantom Liberty. And then it felt like you guys really buried the lead because Pavel was literally like, oh, by the way, we've kind of overhauled a hell of a lot of the game. So can you talk about like the decision to going up to 2.0 um what did you what did you decide on what was going to be overhauled what was not going to be overhauled and what was the kind of approach to presenting it because are you we wary about overpromising or was it just more of a you know this is a cool thing we just want to talk about it but we'll be cool about it yeah. So, I mean, um, okay. Uh, let me unpack that. So that was a long question. I'm sorry. No, yeah, yeah, no worries. No worries. So, um, yeah. So as we were approaching uh, Phantom Liberty, we were thinking of it as like a sequel, so to speak, as in like, if we were to do, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 from the ground up, how would we want, uh, players to experience obviously it's a different story and some different themes in dogtown but how do we want them to experience the world and the story and the gigs versus main quest versus interaction in the world and we took a look at that and we saw you know there were some gaps in like the the foundational elements in the game and then we're like okay well we want to fill those gaps and that fills it for the game as a whole because phantom liberty takes place in the midst of cyberpunk 2077 story right and um and so yeah, I mean that fueled some of the 2.0 to 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 answer your question there. Um, in addition to like kind of how it was answering before, uh, just wanting to make sure we round out all the immersive stuff and make sure there's those those gaps. You know, the believability is maintained with the expectations and, and whatnot. And then of course just filling in like uh, potential, right? Like anything that we saw that it was like, oh, this is unique to Night City or or the IP and filling in potential. So. That was kind of the philosophy behind the things that fueled 2.0. Um, and I mean, I've said this in past interviews, but I can I can reiterate it. You know, it's like when you come to the game and you're thinking about the dark future, what are the ways that you would play as a cyberpunk? And so it's like that it was 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 a big part of like we're like okay, well, you can't necessarily like you know really feel strong enough with your gorilla arm so let's get some more actions in with that right you can't feel you can't block bullets with your blade you can't like bring out like the trailer moments of bringing out your katana blade on the on the on the bike right like it's like these are the things that you know you get excited about when you see the trailers or just even when you don't see the trailers when you just think about the genre and so all of this fueled kind of the the the, the sort of uh, the boxes to tick for 2.0 as well does that answer your question yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, kind of related to that then. So there's quite a bit in 2.0. There's uh there's improvements to AI, there's a new police system, there's vehicle combat, um, there's a complete reworking of the perk system. Um, there's probably some other stuff that I'm that I'm missing, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. 
My question to you is, do you feel as though all of these improvements make Cyberpunk the game that was initially promised in those early, you know, in the reveal, in the preview cycles and whatever else? Or do you feel as though there is still a gap between what Cyberpunk was meant to be and what it now is with 2.0? Um. Well, I mean, you know, because as we said at the beginning of the interview, I wasn't there at the very beginning. Sure. So some of it is just me kind of, you know, like what I would want to see in this genre. Like just as a fan, like as a, you know, Blade Runner, Telsorian fan, like just as a fan. So um, that fueled a lot of the the drive. And obviously with, um, you know, collaborating with my directors and everyone else and kind of what they wanted to see in there. And so there's just that primal tribe of what you want to see in this genre like and i don't know that it was and and certainly there was beats that was like oh there's a there's a trailer from in the past where it's like um and i i I forget that i think it's the caliburn or whatever where the where the the uh, the doors come up and then you can like shoot outside of it right and i remember we had this dev meeting where uh someone presented that to me and said hey look because we've got the um the crystal dome which is the stuff that you can't shoot you know, through bullets, right? And we're like, how do how are we going to do that on the cars that have crystal dome, right? And then we're like, well, I guess we got to have mounted guns, right? And so that kind of led us into mounted guns and the missile sure. racks and stuff. But then on the caliber, and that's kind of a luxury car, right? It was like, well, like it having mounted guns, like maybe we do the nozzles in the front, and we did that on one of the versions. But we were just like the door up like in the trailer. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, was that a promise? You know, in some ways you consider what you can say it was a promise, but in some ways, I don't know that it was necessarily said in Cyberpunk 277, you know, this is all interpretation, but at any rate, it's just the, the fun, the inspiration, the, the excitement, the fantasy of that. And that's what drove us being like, and when they presented it, I'm like, yes, let's do this. Let's figure out how we can do this. And you can do that now. And I can't wait mm-hmm. until I see some individuals because it's not like much like you could imagine in real life. If you're trying to like, you know, uh, you know, fishtail, you know, bring up the, the sides of your doors and then precision shot someone that's kind of difficult to pull off. So it will be somewhat difficult to pull off, but you can, you can, and that's what's <laughs> really cool. Right. right because right. you can do free aim while you're doing it and then shoot at a gas tank or shoot at tires or something like that, or do some headshots while you're doing that. And of course, to make it a little bit easier on you, you can do send a Vistin or Kresnikov to slow time while doing it. Um, sure. But yeah, yeah. So it's the okay. fantasy fulfillment. That's the drive. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's start to dive into Phantom Liberty, if you don't mind, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start at the very beginning, the Boo Boo Basics, the one that everyone, every, the question that everyone wants to know. Idris Alba. How did that come to the conversation? Why? And and thank you. How, how did that all come <laughs> together? Uh-huh. Right on. So, um, you know, there's a kind of a, a short list of actors, if you will, that we feel that is very much can fill characters that we want to make. I mean, there's a certain type of brand of characters we like to make at CD Projekt Red. And in Cyberpunk 2077, you know, noir and, um, you know, just really kind of powerful subtle acting right that that sort of like acting in the in 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 the uh um concise words and looks and stuff like that right and there was stuff we wanted to do on uh you know facebook in our in our cinematics to kind of just deliver moments just with like looks and stuff like that and it was like it was just like Idris Elba was just like 
Yes, he was like at the top of that that short list, so to speak. And you know, biz dev and stuff approached, and it was like, okay, here it is. And at the same time, there was brainstorming going on about like what might the story be for the expansion. Um, and then we were getting closer and closer to that kind of uh, you know cyber spy thriller theme. You know, there were steps to get there, but at some point there was a super spy, right? And then you know, I don't know, chicken or egg, as it were. Just at some point, it was like. Yes, this is this is the spot for him. And then as time went on, you know, at the beginning, there's ideas for the character. And as time goes on and we iterate, the character, you know, um, evolves, changes a bit, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, we've got our hopes and dreams on how it might be executed. Reed, the character he plays, might be executed. And then we get in the booth with him. And then, you know, we give, you know, some of the some of the notes and stuff. And then when he starts to deliver it and then make it a little bit even, you know, more than you imagine. I, I mean, it's just it was just it's just, a, you know, I hate to sound cliche, but it was just a privilege. Like it was just so awesome to see. Um, and there was um, certainly as we evolved it, you know, and as you get into these characters and um, you iterate, like I iterate with the narrative team and stuff, you you start to kind of like recognize or attach to certain like flaws or characteristics of different characters and then you have these ideas in your mind and then when an actor as powerful as Idris like brings it to life I mean it tugs at them heartstrings and you know again you know no no spoilers spoiler free right oh, sure. <laughs> Spoiler free, but yeah, there's there's moments, and I can't wait for players to experience it. There's there's certainly moments there that it's like, wow, it is a problem. yeah, yeah. So you were actually doing the kind of you were there when he was doing the lines and the was he doing mocap? He did he did mocap he did um okay. uh, uh in the booth, but was I there? Nobody was there. Oh oh. Remote. Okay. It's all remote. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah. How, yeah sure. Were you like? Were you yeah. watching him on a screen? Like, I know yeah, Kojima. Yeah, yeah. Kojima does this, where he's like in Japan and he's bossing around actors in LA with like four screens around. Was that you? Are you the same? So at the beginning, like at the at the beginning, yes, for like coaching him, we feed in direction. It goes through to the the person in the booth. There goes to him. So it was like a telephone game, but hearing it, and that's the flow of it. But then there's so many scenes, and it's like I got a team, right? And so it's mm. like the story director was on some of them, the the lead cinematic designer on some of them. So it was that kind of thing. It was a team working with them. Yeah, yeah right. Okay. So you have you actually met Idris in person then? Not yet, but oh, and then man. a couple days in London. A couple days oh, in London. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. He seems like a good bloke. I saw that interview with uh, IGN where they put to him the whole sex mod thing. He had a twinkle <laughs> in his eye during that whole thing. He, he really loved <laughs> it. Good. He loved it. So. <laughs> where did the, because um, obviously there's a bunch of new music uh, in Phantom Liberty and Idris has, is it Impulse, like a radio station? I know he's a big DJ. Did that idea come from your side or from his side? How did that come about? You know, to be honest, I think it was... Um, I don't, I would, I don't know. I don't know. It was kind of just like, I, I think it was at the, it was just in a conversation at the same time with BizDev mm -hmm. and I'm not sure which way it went, but when it came to my door of like, Hey, can we put a radio station? Can we, you know, can we do this in the game? I was like, yes, absolutely. Let's do this. That's awesome. Let's have it. But I was like, I was like, but I want to make sure. And I, I was just like, let's make sure he does, he's not like a, like a DJ. I don't want to hear Reed's voice in two locations. And yeah. so, yeah, so we, we avoided that, but yeah. That was my caveat to it. But yeah. So obviously this is a spy thriller this time around, which is, I mean, cyberpunk has definitely got some 
thriller undertones to it, like the base game, I mean, but this obviously is taking it to a whole new level. What was the sort of desire around that? Like, how did that, why was this chosen as the story? And what were the kind of major things you were hoping to hit on when you, when you pursued something like this? Well, I mean, the, the IP, there's a, you know, it's a big world and there's a lot of stuff going on in the, in the IP, um, like on a global scale, the global politics and everything of it, um, which was a big, you know, inspiration for the, the, you know, the tabletop RPG and stuff. And so I want to, you know, we wanted to touch on the themes a bit um, and whether or not it was just going to be like thriller with introducing some new big characters or it becoming spy thriller. I, I don't, it happens somewhere along the line as we're going through the iterative process of like the, the, the foundation story. And then when it hit, it was just like, Oh wait, there's a lot of cool, fun gameplay scenarios you can put the player in. Right. And you've got the, 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 the cyberpunk technology. So you can really have a lot of fun with this. And so it kind of just hit in our kind of iterative cycle. It wasn't at the very beginning. It wasn't like, let's do for the expansion a cyber spy thriller. It was more of like, let's do something that, and I'm trying to figure out how to keep this fully spoiler free. Um, but let's do something that kind of rolls in and can incorporate, but introduces V to some, you know, uh, and, and the player to, um, you know, new aspects of the IP, like the larger world a little bit. Right. And I think that was like kind of the beginning of it. Um, and then, and then it was like, okay. Um, because, you know, I mean, you want to be a, a legend, right. In the, and I'm, this is not spoiling anything, but it's like, you no. know, you're a Merc, right. Like, and it's like, and so it's like big players. Right. And so we were thinking along big players route, big IP, and then it kind of somewhere along the line, it just clicked of like, whoa, cyberpunk technology, thriller, you know, and then and then it just started rolling. It just started rolling like, oh, we can put them in this situation, this situation, this situation. And you can think of all the um, and we can do it. You know, some of the stuff might be uh, um, trope for the for the genre, for the spy genre, but we can do it with our flavor and we can put it with this kind of character dynamic. Right. And so it just it just started flowing. And it was like, yeah, I think we got something there. Let's go with mm. it. Mm. I mean, the one the one moment that at least in what I've played so far that really stuck out in terms of like nailing that genre is the party sequence. Um, again, try not to spoil too much because it's really cool. <laughs> um, but like, uh, I just really enjoyed like the fact that it's one of those missions where you take your time to set it up and like there's key kind of bond influences in there. Can you talk a little bit about how that mission came together and how you balance, you know, the slow kind of, you know, the anticipation of the approach and then the actual, uh, like event itself. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to do it without spoiling, but certainly you mentioned bond and, and that was what I was saying. I was like, I was like, listen, like, remember, cause you know, um, the times when like bond just suddenly, like you're in the middle of this, like, you know, you got the, Shoot, I was about to say some words that might spoil some things. But <laughs> I know what you're about to say. You're doing the you know what I was about to say, yeah. You're doing like the, uh, you know, behind the scenes in the back in the hallways, you know, mm. tech stuff, if you will. And then you just like smoothly go into the park, right? And mm. it's like, and then Bond's just so cool, right? And it's like, I wanted players to experience that moment. And of course, if they were like, a bit brash about it of course reed is your mentor you're you're you know you're in training your agent in training so there's some commentary some coaching so i wanted that feeling there because that's also part of 
the story arc and everything with with Reed, right? So it's like I wanted that um, that aspect of it, and then we were like. Shoot, this is so difficult to spoil. To, I know. To talk about without You're doing spoiling. great. You're doing, You're doing great. great. I'm so because, sorry. Yes, because there's certain beats, as you said, that happen there. And then it was all like, okay, these are all the different things we want to happen, but let's back these up so that we can leave some room and time for that. And then, and then, and then when we're like, okay, we want some more stuff for the, cause I'm not sure everything you found, cause there's a lot of, let's say, Easter eggs in there to find. Um, yes. And so, and so we're like, you know, in the, the quest designers and stuff, they just went to town and they were coming up with all this really inspired stuff of different activities and things you can do in the party and these like moments that just evoke that feeling. Um, and so because we had all that, it gave us room for the pacing to hit with that bam when this shoot is that too much of a spoiler but no. to hit with with that half when when the stuff happens yeah and then of course and then of course we've got this major production that happens in there that kind of puts it as an offset and then another thing and then another thing and then another <laughs> it's so difficult without spoiling but it's the party it's a thing it's really cool. It also like I know you you worked at Bioware, but you know like having the the ball in Dragon Age Inquisition, like it is the the moment that people remember. So I was kind of it is. I always I always love it in a game where you have like that moment, and you kind of just get like a little bit of time to I don't know like explore the world and hear more stories in it. And also one of the favorite things, my favorite things about Cyberpunk is the names of all your quests named after songs and there are some very good ones in the dlc that i won't spoil but um I'm just are they nine inch nail songs lucy they are aren't they? no <laughs> not that i've found so far but uh no they are very good yeah but yeah no i mean it, and, and what you mentioned there just taking a beat to kind of get into the characters we try to do that a few times and that's certainly one of them but there's also all the like the the bond inspire aspects of it too but uh taking beats and there's a few other moments hopefully experienced in the expansion where it's like you take a beat from the fast action and sometimes it's sometimes it's out of necessity but other times it is out of your option to kind of really explore and dive in and get to know some of the other characters more yeah i mean that's what we like to do i was gonna say in terms of other characters obviously solomon reed is you know, he's he's the main guy, it's Idris Elba, but I've been really enjoying, like, I didn't expect to spend so much time learning about Alex, for example, or Songbird, or even Myers. And so, I mean, what's it like, you know, bringing more characters to the plate, but also kind of keeping it, um, you know, keeping it within a limit. So it's not, you know, spilling out too much and kind of keeping the story focused. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's your question? Like, um, where's that line I mean, Where's the line? But also, I mean, like, how do you decide if you're looking at the spy genre or the thriller genre? Like, are there particular roles that you want these characters to play? Or do you want them to have a little bit more shades of gray? <laughs> well, certainly gray. Everything's gray. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, life, you know, it's gray. Nothing's black and white, right? Mm -hmm. There's always something to dive in a little bit and, and, and just ask another question about, oh, you think that's all black or that's all white? What mm -hmm. about this, right? And that's that's the way we explore that and with the characters as well. Um, as far as the cast of characters there, I mean, we wanted to have, you know, because it's like a, a, a spy cell, for example, right? You know, in the, the famous Robert Redford movie, uh, back in the day is like a big inspiration, right? But yeah, at a certain point, it's like too many 
characters, right? Like, and so it's like, what's the right amount for getting to know them in, in depth? And that that just comes with iteration on paper, a lot of it actually. And then maybe some some more with the like, oh, maybe we got one too many characters, or maybe one of the characters we have we haven't get into enough, and then we add some scenes. And in fact, that did happen. Like we added a couple scenes, for example, with with Alex, and you get to know Alex because as we did one of the playthroughs, we're like, oh, we want we want the players to get to know a bit more about Alex. And so there's a few of those scenes that we we weaved into the story there that these moments you can have these beats with her. Yeah. And again, um, you know, I don't want to say what they are, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that the base game was uh, criticized for is um, how impactful your choices were. Because sometimes they were, often they weren't. And so I wondered, how do you feel Phantom Liberty hand- handles this part of the equation? Do you feel as though choice is a more important part of the overall package here? Are your choices more felt or is it more in line or similar to what you experienced in the base game? So have you all um, fully, have you finished it yet or no? No. I haven't finished it, but I know something so what i would say is that we we took like the feedback and we tried to address it in a hopefully uh, you know meaningful way and i gotta just leave it for people to discover and i can't like really say more than that without spoiling stuff it's tough but um yeah i mean i you know an rpg a big part of it, the fun of it, is about the choice, right? Like you want to have the depth in 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 the characters and the stuff, so you don't want too much choices that it's all shallow. And it's about striking that balance, right? Um, and so we tried some new things, some iterations, if you will, in Phantom Liberty, and and just yeah, let us know. Yeah. You, you let me know. <laughs> right. You sound you sound <laughs> quietly you sound you sound, quite, yeah, you sound yeah. quietly confident though. You know, so that's that's encouraging. Well, I mean, the, the part that I'm I'm confident about is that we did take a we 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 leaned into it. We we made us we took a stab at it, right? Like sure, sure. for everyone else to decide. But yes, we 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 it's it was uh in our hearts. We wanted to do it. We did we got a plan and we did execute on something and I, I hope uh you enjoy it. I guess yeah. mm-hmm. we're gonna put awesome. a right. so uh Phantom Liberty is uh is 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 shipping this week right and at that point your attention will turn to the future of the cyberpunk franchise and <laughs> i'm not sure if we've clarified it at this earlier take a couple of weeks vacation yeah of course <laughs> take, a, take yeah. a bit of a break Just yeah. Yeah. that's right yeah. <laughs> travel travel through europe as you've always planned to yeah, <laughs> yeah um but so at that point and we i don't think we've said this yet but you are actually the director of cyberpunk 2 Yes. So what was it like? So was it kind of a foregone conclusion, like based upon when you initially got elevated to this position earlier? Was it a foregone conclusion that you would be the director of the sequel? How did it go in that conversation with City Project Red? Did you have any, again, misgivings about, you know, continuing on with this franchise after this massive journey? Like, what was it like to get tapped on the shoulder for that sort of opportunity? So as far as foregone conclusion, you have to ask my boss. I can't answer right. that. Right? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, but uh, as far as, like, my, um, like, uh, uh, desire to, like, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, part of the reason that we picked up our lives and moved to Poland is because I'm a believer in CD Projekt Red. Like, there's not many companies that do these kind of things out there anymore. Right. And it's like, and I 
open world RPGs, story driven, make you make you think about relationships, about the world, make you cry. Like these are the things I like to do. Um, and so, and then as far as the cyberpunk genre, I'm a huge fan of it for the longest time. So that as well, you know. So it was like, yeah. I, and then and then as I got to know the team in in 2020, and then obviously ever since, I was just like, this is there's something there's something special. This is a team, you know. And so it's like. Yeah, I I had that desire, but you know, certainly I was fully focused on Phantom Liberty. Like I wanted like Phantom Liberty to be um, you know, all that it could be. Um and the uh, and the, us to have fun with it. But um I don't know when it happened exactly. It was somewhere in between. It wasn't just like at the end, like, oh, by the way, Gabe, yeah, there's some conversations yeah, yeah. along the way. <laughs> and then it was like, yeah, and then and then obviously um I think it was at uh, the non E3 E3 where some individuals started to ask me and then it, it got out there. But yeah. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so the sequel, there's a new studio being set up in Boston, um, you know, kind of building a new studio. Like how many folks from Poland are coming over versus how many are you looking to hire within the US? And like, you know, is it is it scary to set up something on top of just, you know, making another massive AAA game? In a new engine as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's that's a hell of a thing. Like new studio, new engine, sequel to you know one of the biggest cinematic RPGs ever. That's got to yeah. be a bit scary, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's not scary. Um, I, I mean, I guess it should be. I don't know. I don't get scared. I get excited. You know, I, you know, I guess I, I like challenges. And as far as like, yeah, most of the directors that report to me are coming out and we're setting it up all together. So we got a, a good cast from, from CD Projekt Red um, going out there to start CD Projekt Red North America. Um, and yeah, it's like we want to do multiple big titles at a time and, you know, being able to access the best talent around the world uh, on both continents is just all part of growing the company, right? Um, and uh yeah, I mean, I I don't know what else to say about it. It's exciting and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun and and I feel confident in 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 the team and us being able to do it. Uh, will there be challenges? Yes, of course. Like every game I've ever worked on and all my friends that are industry that worked on, there's always challenges. There's always unexpected things that happen, but that's just kind of you kind of almost get used to it, and it's just part of like. It's just the industry. It's just what you got to do, right? Because, you know, what? at the end of it, it's technology, right? Technology keeps changing. So the way you do things are changing, right? Like, what's going on with AI? What are we going to do? You know, that's going to mm. change how things That's what work. I think we every day. Yeah. Actually, it's curious, um, Boston, right? That's... That's a that's an odd choice in game dev, right? I don't know. There's some game dev in Boston. Is there game they dev use, in Boston? Use yeah. Yeah. Rational. Oh, right. Okay. But used to be, but like, who's in Boston these days? Harmonics. Okay. Sure. And, um, a couple indie studios. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And it's just a cool city. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've never been, uh, all, yeah. Except for what fallout, I guess <laughs> that's the only time I've been to Boston. <laughs> so sure, that, counts. Uh, that counts. Absolutely. <laughs> Back in the day, Pax East. That brought, that brought all right. Up. Yeah. So, but my yeah. question is why, why, did, why was Boston selected? Was there any, do you have any insight into that? Austin's awesome, by the way. Well, okay, here, here's my insight. So at first it was like, hey, Gabe, you know, we want to set up a North America studio. Um, and I was like, 
oh, okay, yeah, that, that you know, this, you know, early, earlier conversations, this sounds great. And it was like, and it was like, okay, well, we're going to decide a location. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, cause I, I lived in Texas before, you know, Los Angeles. Now I knew Los Angeles was definitely out of the question. Like West coast is out of the question. Cause we want an East coast for the time, you know, because certainly, you know, a sure, multi sure. global studio, we're going to be, you know, there's going to be on cyberpunk too. There's going to be plenty of people in, in Poland working on it, Spain, that kind of stuff. You know, the main hub certainly will be Boston and vice versa, right? It's, we're going to, you know, share resources as needed in development. Um, so East coast was definitely, it was like, okay, it's gotta be East coast. And so taking a look at spots on the East coast and, you know, honestly, I was like, oh, I guess, I guess it's going to be North Carolina. I guess it's going to be North mm-hmm. Carolina. And just to be honest, that's what I was, I was thinking. It was gonna be. And then yeah, they were like, Hey, what do you think about Boston? I was like, Boston, it snows a lot there, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm from the South. Right? Like, and it's like, it, and, and my partner was like, damn, that's going to be like terrible weather. I don't know. And then we got here. And I tell you what, like, you know, because I I visited for PAX East and, you know, I have plenty of friends in New York. I've been there plenty of times, but I haven't really been in the New England area. And it is so charming here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what other way to put it, but it like it really is like just like the you see the inspiration for all the you know literature and stuff. And it's like and, you know, a lot of great colleges out here. And it's just like it's just cool vibes. It's just great vibes. And. I do think, and I don't know this for sure, but it does feel more European than the rest of the U.S. It feels like it has, stuff. sorry, Americans, it feels like it has history because those buildings are old. I agree. No, yeah. I mean, like, it's where things kind of started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. That makes sense. Makes sense. And so, and I, and so I think certainly the, the, the uh, you know, the board and stuff, they probably, it was just like, oh, it just fits culture and vibe wise. And so that was a factor as well. And. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, right. Um, so the, yeah, but I definitely not expecting an answer to this, but we've got to try. We've got to try. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. Cyberpunk two. Yeah. What, what are you? What what, what what are you like? What are you pointing at? Like you don't have to give us any specifics, <laughs> but like what what's like the the broad thing that you might be pointing towards when you think about a sequel to Cyberpunk? Like what's the the you know like what's the 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 light on the hill for Cyberpunk two? Oh goodness, how can I how can I safely answer this? Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, like big open world RPGs with, with characters that, you know, you can I, identify with as well as learn and just kind of expand your horizons. I'm thinking exploring themes um, in ways that only the genre can and ways that we like to. Um, I mean, this is I, probably the safest I can do with it. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. Yeah. We get it. We get it. Yeah. We get it. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's uh, yes. But I mean, I, I guess um, kind of wrapping up the conversation, um, I mean, cyberpunk, you know, it's this is the end of its up. This is the end of the cyberpunk 2077 journey for want of a better term, or at least for the first game, right? Because you had the, the launch, you had the updates, you had Edge Runner, you've got update 2.0, Phantom Liberty is about to ship. What would you say is going to be the legacy of Cyberpunk 1? How do you think it will be talked about in years to come? Hey, man, um, that's a that's a tricky question because it's not up to me to say, right? And I don't want to like like dick like say this is what I you know because it's it's the fans, it's everyone else, right? I guess I hope it's you know um, you know and, and I, I mentioned this before, but. You know, I hope it's it's certainly 
have fun, be able to get immersed in the world. But even no matter how it's talked about, my hope is that it, it just helps you kind of like think about topics and themes and relationships a little bit differently. Just open your mind a bit because that's what, um, at least to me, good stories, whatever the medium. And then certainly there's certain unique ways you can approach it in a game to get you really immersed and then maybe even open your perspective even more. And so this is my hope as people experience is that they have fun. There's, you know, they get immersed um, and then they also get exposed to other, you know, things. Right. And, um, but how it be talked about to be, to be decided, you know, uh, you know, knock, knocking on wood that it was like, man, that was a cyberpunk, you know, uh, like the genre of fantasy. I was able to do what I wanted to do there and, and experience that world as I, as I expected for the, you know, short of uh, virtual reality, if you will. So, or or no, we have VR. So maybe yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. hang on, <laughs> <laughs> sort of a hollow deck, right? Or, yeah. no, what about brain dance? Short of a yeah. brain dance. That's right. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Gabe, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank you, Gabe. You. It, was fun. it was fun. Cheers, man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Guys, this video is brought to you by NordVPN, and we actually have a special offer that allows you to get some free months if you use our special offer code. Ralph, you're extremely online, right? Like you're, <laughs> you're so How online. dare you? Don't be so rude. Well, absolutely, please. Yes, listen, that is because you're online so much, correct. you have to be safe. You have to yes. have your privacy online. So NordVPN is, of course, a VPN. So for those of you that don't know what this does is it changes your IP address, it hides your virtual location, it encrypts your connection, uh, allowing you to increase your privacy online. So there are plenty of VPNs out there, but NordVPN is just really easy to use. You can set it up on multiple devices. It's essentially one click, you're good to go. I have it on my phone, I have it on my work machines. It's super zippy, it's easy to use. They even have lightweight browser extensions. And uh, the best part for me personally is, because I'm like a, a freak, uh, is that NordVPN uh, has a no logs policy. So they don't collect your data, they don't sell it off or share it or anything like that. So that's a really good plus. Personally, I use VPN for, I don't know about you guys, you guys get stuff because you're in America. So you get all the stuff on the streaming services, but we get like a fraction of it. Like half the stuff is geo-blocked. So personally, I use VPNs for that. And in Australia, it just allows me to sort of tell, trick my internet into thinking that I'm in America, which means I get access to everything that's on Netflix and Disney Plus and yada, 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 which is nice. You see, I use that for the same reason because, yeah, we get everything in America, but we don't get all the good British stuff. I want to watch, you know, we've talked is about this before. I watch Come is there Dine any with good, Me. Is Come there any good British stuff, Lucy? Well, uh, uh, that's... Gogglebox, <laughs> Bake Off. I want to get Bake Off early. I'm not waiting until like, what, Friday when it's on Netflix over here. I want it on that Tuesday night primetime slot. Fair enough. That's why Fair I enough. use a VPN. <laughs> it's great because you can access from from everywhere. And when you are trying to do content style, content style stuff and access it from different places... It's literally like you have a map in front of you and you can click and choose and change your connection to a variety of locations around the world. And again, if you're not super internet savvy, it is very easy to use and it's safe. So we actually have an FPS exclusive offer available. You can visit nordvpn.com forward slash friends per second and you will get extra subscription time for free. Try it risk now with a 30 day money back guarantee. Thanks to NordVPN for sponsoring this show. 
So Ralph, how do you think that interview went? <clears throat> um, I think he uh, provided some very uh, insightful yeah. answers. Um, this was recorded before that. Uh, well, what? <laughs> we have, I have no idea. We have no uh, what? Idea. I can't believe that. I'm so confused now. Where am I? We are time travelers. So. <laughs> We've yes. all finished we, Phantom Liberty already. <laughs> yeah, we, we are actually recording this bit of the thing before we'd actually spoken to Gabe. So we have no idea how that interview went. Hopefully... We ask good questions. Think he's crossed. For the first time. Yeah. I'm sure he gave good answers. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I believe in us. So, like, at this point, we can say that we've been playing Cyberpunk yeah. for review because we have codes. Yeah. yeah. And the review embargo would be up already. Yeah. But Sweet. I've only played a little bit of it. I've only so seen I, Yeah. I'm actually I doing do, a fresh playthrough. Do yeah, okay. Right. Same. Right. You're doing a fresh, fresh yeah, playthrough? Yeah. yeah. Cool. How are you doing a fresh play? Are you doing the whole. Danny Dilly yeah. or the whole thing? Save data. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, at this point, the game has had so many improvements, but also so many bug fixes. Cause I played it back at like pre, like the, the initial embargo yeah. review, like yeah, when on too. PC, when, and this is like the troubles, the deep shell, shell up law where everyone's like, I'll never trust you again after your cyberpunk review. You never even spoke about the bugs. Oh, cause I the literally PC version was all right. A lip second. Cause the PC version was like not mm. as much of a no, disaster. No, no, no. But I, I have a 12 minute block in my review oh. devoted to bugs and performance that basically say it's not in good shape. And if you can afford to wait, you should wait. Cause oh. it's in terrible shape. Yeah. But like, anyway, so the point of all this is to say that, um, yeah, then like it was really balked back then. On PC, it was still playable and enjoyable and I yeah, really enjoyed that's it. That's where I played. For sure. But on consoles, obviously, we were, <laughs> when we <laughs> reviewed it, we weren't allowed to play it on console and like that was obviously very bad. CD Projekt Red specifically were trying to avoid us talking about the console port, and that happened. Yep. So um, it's been a big journey, and but they gave out codes for all. They yeah. gave out code for very early consoles and PC, and they gave it very early. And so far, as I've been playing through it, it has been perfect in terms of bugs. I'm only yep. a couple of hours in on a fresh playthrough, but so far it has been yeah flawless basically. So, so. I started playing it. I played, not started, I restarted playing it fairly recently to stream. And even then it was, it felt solid. Yeah. Like there sure. was yeah. none of the weird stuff that was well, there at launch. they left uh, last gen behind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like a lot of the improvements that they said they were going to make were in effect and it all felt like a good game yeah. then. Mm. So like the new stuff is just like cherry on top of that. Yeah. And actually as well, when we were reviewing it just yesterday, we got a patch for DLSS 3.5. Oh, yes, yeah. Baby. So that's actually another thing that I'm, I haven't even tested that yet, but I'm really keen yeah. to check out how that works. So uh, yeah, I, I was playing pre that patch, but we saw that patch in action Ooh. at Gamescom. Holy Crispy. cannoli. Yeah. Yes. Is that a new thing you're trying out? Yeah, I'm just Holy <laughs> cannoli. You like that? That was good. That was for yeah. you. You're talking to my people. I'm like, yeah. You hey, what? Well, I'm telling you too, man. Where's my love? Love you. Come on now. Holy pasta. Uh, yeah, it looks yeah, it pasta looks, the pizza. It looks unreal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because I booted Actually, it up. Actually, it's in Red Engine. Red, Red Engine, not hey. unreal. Sorry, <laughs> sure, of course. I booted it up when they did the path. But path tracing update and, it, and like back then it's still like that was a few months ago and it's just yeah. looked absolutely incredible so yeah well, i think like I you said you. i think you said it's one of the best looking open world games i think it is the best the, looking yeah. open world I, I, game i am like i'm think i'm there now yeah where once yeah. we saw that stuff i was like this is unbelievable yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're about to go on really yeah really i mean or you pulled back Mm. New TVs arriving on oh, Friday. Yeah, nice. oh, Welcome yeah. to the OLED world. We're Maybe. happy to have you. Oh, 55 <laughs> inches of LG, baby. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like I said, the, the NVIDIA stuff makes me want to be a, uh, a ray tracing pervert. Yeah. And I'm saying it again. 
John at Digital Foundry. We are going to get, let's get Digital Foundry on this podcast one we day. They, someone someone called out that, that little bit from last episode. Yeah, the ray tracing pervert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. thought it was funny. So. Yeah, cool. Well, speaking of video Pervets? game technology. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Run that yeah. to conclusion, Lucy. Yeah. What else speaking you got on that topic? Lucy, what do you mean? What do we got? Jake's hosting this one. Eliza P. The P stands for perverts. Yeah. Let's start with that. Yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts because I have not played it. I like Neither it. Have I. I yeah. like it a lot. I yeah. haven't played the yeah. demo. So. Yeah, I played the demo. Show sure, yeah. I'm not a souls pervert like Tam. But there we go. We're like, using the word pervert. It was, like you know what? It's really a good. It's a delicious. Just yeah. demonetized on YouTube. Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, but I, I've been I've been digging it. It's yeah. really cool. I think it makes pretty good on the promise of that style, that like Victorian Belle Epoque like type of thing that I was like really wanting. Mm. Um, the combat does feel a little better than the demo. I know some people yes. have some issues with the demo. Uh, the dodging's a little better. It's still pretty unforgiving, but I'm also bad at these games naturally, so it's hard for me. Yeah. But, but if you're bad at it and you're enjoying it, that's that, gotta be so a good thing. More than ever with with these type of games, especially like the, uh, the, the non-From Software ones, um, I found myself with this one pushing through my struggles of just naturally being bad at these games mm-hmm. because I wanted to see the next thing. I, I wanted to see the next haunted castle, the next weird, crazy boss, just because like I love the art and I love the designs mm-hmm. and the fact that they actually tried to like do the Pinocchio thing somewhat yeah. is cool. I, I mean, they that. take the Pinocchio characters and they make them like <laughs> Dark Souls NPCs. <laughs> yeah. Hello, stranger. That That's cool. it, but it's cool. And then it lumps a bunch of shit on in terms of um, your legion arm and uh, fable art abilities. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of customization, even though it's not necessarily like you're putting on pieces of armor and doing all this stuff. It's all in the move sets and the weapon type stuff. And I've been really digging it because you can like get a flamethrower arm. Yeah, right. You can get uh, you can punch mines into the ground, which I would like more souls like games to have mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's really cool. Mm. Um, and it's pretty gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. There's right. some there's some weird spots here and there. There's definitely like you'll go into a random interior and it'll be a little dead and lifeless. But like a lot of those main areas have that whoa, holy shit thing, which is yeah. that was like the big thing I wanted from those trailers. Those tra- those early trailers, I was like, there's no way it's gonna be that cool. And it mostly is, mm-hmm. which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like um it's an interesting game because it is they're very much just doing Bloodborne. Like they're wearing their inspiration on their sleeves. They're not being shy about saying and like f- there's animations that are like one to one with Bloodborne. Really? Yeah, oh, almost. Yeah. But like, it's like but that surely would piss you off on no, some level, no, right? No, no, and you're no, like, I, "Come on, man." I don't think I think I've been thinking about this a lot and like there's been a lot of Souls likes and I almost universally don't like them. Um I'm quite I'm a weirdo about those You're games. You're not a Thymesia like, guy. Huh? Not even You're the not Surge. Thymesia, Thymesia. I don't like <laughs> Thymesia. I don't like Surge. Even Mortal the Shell. ones that people like, I'm not super into. Like, I know people love Neo. Sure. Not for me. Um, like, Wolong is fine. It's not for me. Um, and that's generally how people approach those Souls-like games. They take the foundation. They took. They take the core principles or like the the most important design ideas and then build something new around it. And I think that is the right way to go. But in doing that, most of those games miss so many important elements that aren't those things that are required to make that formula or that framework work really well. And so I feel like a lot of the big trap has been 
people trying to put their own new spin on that core idea in a lot of ways. This is a game where it it is technically not doing much with it, but I personally look at it and I'm like, it's actually really difficult to emulate Froms games and mm. get it right mm. because you are essentially being like, we're going to play in their court. And it, the natural inclination is then to make comparisons. Yeah. And sure. when you, when I do make the comparisons to Bloodborne, it's actually pretty favorable on Lies of P's side. Like it, by sticking so close to what they do, they kind of evoke it, but then they have enough on top of it to make it its own. Okay. So and they it, do have that kind of like, it's not yes, just, yes, yes, you know, yeah, yeah. we have Bloodborne at home kind of it's, thing. It's not, definitely not yeah, Bloodborne not at home. Okay, it yeah. doesn't have that. Like there are, it's the thing that I'm most impressed by is the mechanical stuff is something that with enough time and like most developers can get it right. I think like the atmosphere and the feeling of being in those worlds is really tricky to get right. And they do it really, really well. Um, the whole like, you know, the puppets are rampaging and like turning against people as being a kind of stand in for, you know, like the the bloodborne stuff where diseases like sure. ravaged everyone. It works really well. But then from a gameplay side, they have looked at that framework and been like, Let's use what they had as a foundation. What else can we take from other games or our own ideas and put it in this game? They've got a bunch of mechanics from Sekiro. Like they have the yeah, arm is basically that. the, uh, you know, the Sekiro's arm. Sure. And um, the pacing is really, really well done. It has the kind of like attack back to recover your health thing. Which part I love. Of it. Yeah, which love is that. good. Um, and then they've got their own little twists on it. Like they, the weapon crafting and like upgrading and customization system is really, really cool. Mm. It's like every <clears throat> item is a blade portion and a handle portion and they each have individual abilities that they bestow on you and you can like take the blade of one and the handle of another put it together and create something new sure. and it's like really really interesting and it's their own thing and i think that's where they kind of distinguish themselves and then they've just got like the pinocchio stuff is really cool like it's it's, it's I a, heard the loading screen is pinocchio's nose yes yeah, it says, it says cool. now lying, now now lying. lying. Like, and it's kind cute. of funny because lying is a part of heard, the yeah. game it yeah. doesn't as far as I can tell, I've not, not finished it, but it doesn't manifest in a very like exciting. It doesn't make the most of it. It's that it's you know how in Bloodborne the umbilical cords is how you access the three endings. In this, it's like are you lying a lot or not? The one interesting thing is, the more you lie, the way uh, P Pinocchio animates slightly changes. He becomes really? a little more oh. like human. Really, because obviously he's all puppets are built. And programmed so that he cannot lie, except for Pinocchio, who who is the exception, who can lie. And as he as he do more lies, he like he wow. feels a little more human in a lot of ways. That's really I don't think it manifests in a. Uh, it will get you one of three endings. Sure. But I don't know if they're drastically different. Does his right? nose grow throughout the game? Sadly <laughs> not. He always looks like Timothy Chalamet. What if it like grew and so then cool, used dude. it as a weapon? Yeah. Is it Bloodborne where you, if you put the right uh, helmet on, like the triangular one, when you slide down the ladder, it goes tong, 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 tong. Well, like that guy from Slipknot. He used to have the Pinocchio. The oh, yeah. 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 But he used to yeah. wank it off. What I like, though, is the... the <laughs> he used to what it off? Wait, excuse me? <laughs> Jerk it off. One more time. He used to what? Having a wank. 
<laughs> this like, podcast is now three fifths British, so we use imagine. the word wank. It's, yeah, it's, wank. it's, it's, it's yeah, the word. That's like, it. Wank off is no. Nice. I actually, because I mean, I didn't get the chance to review it because I was here basically, and so Austin reviewed it for me. But I did read his review uh, before, like the editing process, whatever. And um, yeah, he really loved it. He strongly recommended it, and he said like exactly what you guys are saying, which is that yeah, it's it's definitely very bloodborne, hundred yeah. percent. It's not trying to shy away from that. But it's also not just doing that. It's doing some stuff on top. Yeah. And because of how hard it's working with those things on top and because of how much it nails the fundamentals, you don't feel cynical towards this being like no. clearly Bloodborne like yeah, 1.5. Because yeah. otherwise, because my first look at this was, okay, that looks really nice and all, but I wonder if they're just doing that and we play it when, when we play it and we're like, come on, guys, you really didn't try and go much, do it much with this, whatever. So it yeah, seems I mean, like they like, didn't fall into that trap yeah. and, you know, it's we, kind of we, special. People have been dying for another Bloodborne for ages. Yeah, or like course, a remaster. And that, yeah, yeah. And like totally. they've come in and been like, we'll make it and we'll put our own thing. In. There's also like stuff in there that they don't do quite right. Like where I am, like you start off the game and you can upgrade through the Stargazer, which is their <laughs> version of the, uh, the bonfire or the lantern. And at a certain point, you stop being able to do that. Then you gotta um, go back to you the gotta Firelink go back shrine to every the time. equivalent of the hunter's oh. dream to speak to their equivalent of the doll, and it's just like ah, oh, it would have been good if you could do that from everywhere, which is how it yeah. starts. Um, but then they also have like really cool little touches that I love, like when you're when you're out in the world and you're collecting, um, is it called eth ethos? Ergo, 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 which is their version of like blood dregs or whatever. When you have enough to upgrade the counter changes color to tell you, hey, you can upgrade now, which is something in Bloodborne and Dark Souls they never do. But sure. it's just like a nice little thing that yeah. is like, oh, you guys thought about it a little more than just like upgrade, move along. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I'm, especially, I mean, like I'm sure Neo is, has made other games, but like for me, this is the first game I have actually paid attention to of theirs. And in my mind, it's a, you know, debut game from them yeah. in a lot yeah. of ways. And it's incredibly strong. Like, it's so, so good. There's like a market out there for people, like a studio to come along and be like, oh, we're going to do what they do, but like mix it up a bit and sure. and create their own little niche within that world. And mm. yeah, they can be the Pepsi to the Coke, you know, yeah. or whatever. Sure. I also just like uh, to what you were saying before with the, the lying stuff is that like, I like that NPCs will like have things to say and they'll talk about the lying and discuss yeah. the ramifications of lying. Not even like, oh, it's going to mean you're going to get an alternate ending, but like they actually like what it means to lie and like what. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they're like, there's something here. Like there's a little bit of like yeah. a, they're trying to figure something out, talk about something. And yeah. like it also more overtly and directly tells you a story. Yeah. Mm. It's not amazing. It gets, so, it like, gets video gamey. Yeah, it gets more, video yeah. gamey, but like it's, it will give you cutscenes and it looks yeah. cool seeing like Pinocchio sit down into this mad like tesla like device where he's like being electrocuted to change his yeah. car and stuff okay like when you said tesla device i'm like there's like cars in this game like, mm. okay, no like right. science like, like the real like the prestige like Nikola. Like, it's, like, it's very sure. prestigious oh, it, yeah. 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 it is prestigious hell yeah. yeah i i i i have there's no souls like game that i would wholeheartedly recommend and be like that is a good one if you want to play it that's one that i will give the thumbs up to and i've the played the time near, seal of approval yeah, yeah that's got my seal of approval there you go yeah Look at the camera and say that. Seal of approval. Seal of approval. There we go. Can someone okay. Photoshop like the Nintendo one? Nintendo. Nintendo, yeah. Nintendo seal of approval. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we wanted to hash out this week is some of the Unity stuff. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now, this is ongoing. It is definitely probably going to rapidly change yeah. because it has. And, and chances are by the time we're talking about it, something has evolved in huge ways. Fingers crossed, all the leadership team are fired. 
they've walked back the change and everything's other, back to and everything's back one. to normal yeah. and every unity gets to be a cool company that developers want to work with because right now none of them want to make a unity game ever so, again so yeah. why are because i'm a, i'm not very um like smart so why are people <laughs> upset essentially they changed their monetization model for they, how they work with developers how yeah. they utilize the tool set yes yeah they essentially uh as of january 1st of next year are updating uh i believe what they're calling it like it's like a real time runtime runtime yep, that's yeah. it it's called runtime and they're able and they're basically going to charge like the average of like a percentage of 20 to 40 cents depending on the game and sales and all that numbers based on everyone who installs the game on every platform yes. so it's so originally it's, it was like really badly communicated as oh well because man. like how does game pass feature in that yeah yes so yeah. are you going to be running at a loss because people and also uh rami uh ismail mentioned that like hey you can review bomber games yeah, on totally. steam but now you can <laughs> yeah cripple download it <laughs> Revi- multiple like, times is overwatch on unity i'm gonna install that shit so many yeah. times man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. uh no it's it was crazy like it's it's really insane and and as someone who only understands a portion of this world yeah. just reading at the developers and their reactions to it the explanation like how this affects them like charity bundles for example where developers give away their game to charity bundles yeah. and they'll give away hundreds of thousands of copies of games uh to raise money for ukraine or whatever those developers will now be on the hook for two or three hundred thousand dollars based upon previous like like for example if they were due to do the same thing this time then they would have to pay that two or three hundred thousand dollars for participating in a charity bundle Mm. worse it's actually retroactive in a way which is that if your game is already in market anyone from when, when this policy kicks in anyone who installs your game after x date you have to start paying for that, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of like, well, that's not the business model that those games were developed on. They had a different, there was a different deal in place when they used your engine to make that game. And now it's like, reminds me of that fucking Simpsons episode when Homer has the elephant and he's trying to overcharge Villehouse's dad. He's yeah. like, that was under our old pricing model kind of thing. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? They had a, a GitHub page where it was a, a running log of the changes exactly. made to their TOS, the terms of service. Deleted. And they deleted it so that people couldn't go back. But this guy actually, and I forget his name, but he was uh, the the CEO. John Riccatello. Riccatello. Yeah, the legend. He was a former CEO of EA. And there's this very, very famous clip of him talking about the fact that when you are playing Battlefield. Oh boy, here we go. And you are running low on bullets and you're like really deep into it. At that moment, you are very, you are not price sensitive, which means that if they want to charge you for bullets... That, that's the best time you can charge for reload. That's the best time to yeah. charge the player for bullets because they're not price sensitive at that point. They'll pay for them, right? And then he just basically starts talking about how like whatever. So that was no. the one quote. He's a mountain of bad no, his, other, his other one was in 2009, yes. I think it was, which was the, if you're not putting monetization in your games, you're, you're fucking idiot. He was responsible for EA at its worst yeah. when it came to monetization. Yeah. Oh, online pass? Yeah, he was like, sure. he was... I mean, like, I'm sure there's more than one cook in that horrifying kitchen, but like, <laughs> he was the head chef. Sure, so, yeah, like, sure, you know, sure. like, yeah, it is yeah. unsurprising that he's up to that shit again. Yeah. yeah the other thing, too, that's um, that's very sketchy is that he, they say it's a scheduled stock thing, but it's like you schedule in advance. Yes. He and several other people at the higher executive level sold their, their stock in Unity. Like, not all of it, but mm. a portion of it before the changes were were announced totally um 
And so that that's that to me is like a, a, a even bigger red flag. Yeah. Um, but mass layoffs earlier in the year too. Yes. Yeah. And then you also, I mean, the the not the cool thing, but the, the nice thing you're seeing is you're seeing the unison of all the game developers yeah. and content oh. creators and publishers coming together. We don't make we don't uh, make statements usually. That's how bad you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was yeah. from the Slay the Spire guys. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. That's how they announced they're working on a new game. By the way. Yeah. The Slay the Spy team are working on a new game and have been for two and a bit years. And the way they announced it, they announced it was by dunking on this Unity chain. That's badass. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So, I respect yeah. that so and much. And Aggro Crab, those yeah. guys came out and said as well, like, yeah. fuck you guys. I oh, fucking hate it here. We fucking hate it here. <laughs> yeah. Like Cult, every, Cult, every, of the, Cult of the Lamb is threatening to delete itself they said by the end of the year. Yeah. They said it was a joke. Yeah. But like, oh, it, I, they did say it was a joke. I thought that was a good joke. I, 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 yeah. yeah. I believed it. Oh, no. yeah, but like, I'm sure some, no, but like, it's serious though that absolutely many games will have to be delisted yes. as a result yeah. of that change. That's not a joke. It's not uh, different from what HBO is doing and Disney are doing with their mm. content where it's like, we don't want to pay acquisition. delete it. Sure. Yeah. So it's, it's, not, it's, it's bizarre how quickly they tanked their entire business oh, yeah. with this, you know, with this change. But, and yeah. there's a lot of people now being like, hopefully the biggest like studios and like companies step in to help developers figure out a way to convert their projects yeah, onto because yeah. it's it a big everybody. opportunity for like sony and microsoft and even nintendo to a because degree and various others. even if you even if they do replace the leadership team and they do walk this back it's kind of like the breach of trust that this yeah. creates Massive, yeah. it's kind of yeah. how, why would you trust unity again at this point you just be like well i can't so i'm just gonna go with someone else i don't know the name of the alternative that everyone's throwing it around Oh my gosh, it looks what is it like, called? It's like, it starts oh, with a G. Godo. Oh. It still looks yeah. like Godo. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, I'm not sure. I don't it's think like it Godot. is. Godot. Godot. Yeah. Godot. 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 Yeah. Godot. 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 Confused with Gal. Um, yeah, so, yeah. so there's that that's getting thrown around, but obviously there's Unreal for like bigger projects. Yeah. Game Maker, um, I think, has been making huge strides to be like, hey, everyone, if you join right now, you get like three months free right. and providing tons of tools of how to convert your projects to Game Maker, yeah. sure. which is huge. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if Epic rolled up and we're like, oh, we've got all this yeah. suite of tools now. Yeah. Unreal and Fortnite. Yeah. I mean, Unreal's Unreal's, Unreal's <laughs> free and great. It. And I think like they're one of the few companies that is in a position to pivot and quickly create a pipeline and technology yeah. to get people mm, from Unity onto. They yeah. want to be disruptors. Like we've seen them do yeah, that before. Yeah, like sure. it would be perfect for them to do. Based off the update too, or the the updated update, right? For what they were saying, like they were trying to, Unity basically was trying to go off the angle of, Hey, so charity bundles, those won't count. We're not going to count those. They said Game Pass too, Game right? Pass is also not yeah, going to yeah, count. Yeah. And they also said, we made this decision because 90, that this, will, this won't affect 90% of our clientele. It's going to affect 10% and it's meant to, to tax the bigger guys. But even at that, you're an indie developer. You're brand new. Hmm. You have no idea if your game's going to take off. You hope for the best that it does do gangbusters and does super well. You wake up one day, your reviews are through the roof, everyone's streaming yeah. it. Like it goes viral. Your life yeah. has yeah, yeah, changed. Yeah. And then it's like, by the way, sure. because you yeah. got lucky, massive bill, money. subtraction of all the hard work from yeah, there. It, it only affects 90% of the people they say, but it affects 100% of the people who have ambitions to make a game. Absolutely. And, that is, and if, if there's anyone out there who's like, I'm going to make a game, I've got an idea. They now are guaranteeing that they won't look at Unity because like, yeah. if it's good and I believe in my idea, I'm just going to cripple me. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And Stupid. so many games are made in Unity. Yep. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I see it all the time. Yeah. And, and Unity's the kind of company nowadays that like, it's kind of like shady to talk about, but like, they have like a lot of military contracts. They, they do a lot of oh, business yeah. outside of games. It, to me, this feels like a, 
we're doing this on purpose to cut the fat of it being the, the face of the game industry because we have military contracts to pay for all of our stuff. Yeah. I mean, a government's not going to give a shit about any of that. Well, they don't, they don't, they don't care at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. that sucks. But also, you have a connection to it personally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Three of the games I'm producing are made in Unity. And uh, <laughs> the dev teams That's have been... That's pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the dev teams are, are freaking out. And and but the thing is that everyone is so... Everyone's talking. That's the nice thing mm-hmm. is that everyone's sure. communicating. I, I kind of foresee that in the future as indie devs start communicating more, there is a world where you're going to see people go, hey, I'm, I'm leaving Unity, but I'm, I want to go to Unreal or I want to go to... Um, uh, RPG or, maker, yeah, RPG game maker, RPG maker, and you're gonna have a lot of devs bind together and be like, "Hey, I specialize in this. Let's get your game over there." Um, there That's are cool. studios all over the world that specialize in console porting and 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 even engine porting. And so, like, I think we're gonna see. It's not. I'm. I'm not like this is good for indie game. It's very very bad. Mm. But I think the indie game community at large is is going to come together and kind of find form their own this. solution. Yeah, they're they're going to have to, right? Yeah. Like it's 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 almost like, hey guys, let's let's build our own Kazaa or Morpheus and like let's go underground and like yeah. figure Kazaa. out a way to make this thing work. And that takes me back. You could say they found <laughs> some. Oh shit! You could say they found some unity. No, you can't say that, Tam. No, you, just, no, no, you no, can't no, say no, that. No, guys, I just said <laughs> if, you, if you say that, they're going to have to take a percentage of what you yeah. just said. Yeah. 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 <laughs> true that. True that. Uh, the other thing worth hi- highlighting, if we are sticking with kind of bummer news, uh, is Ascendant. Su- bleh, pardon me. Ascendant Studios announced significant layoffs. What was the forty-five percent? Forty-five. Did you say forty-five percent? Yeah. So Ascendant Studios are the people that made uh, Immortals of Avium. It was a debut title. Yeah, uh, they, they formed got, to make. They that, formed to that, make yeah. it. They yeah. got external funding actually, so they were. Uh, I think. I think EA handled the marketing side of it under mm-hmm. the label of EA Originals, mm-hmm. but my understanding from what I've read is that the funding for the game was from almost like an angel investor and yep. various sources. And um, I mean, look, we had an entire podcast, not an entire podcast, we had like the thumbnail of one of our podcasts is like, is there room for a 7 out of 10 yeah. game in 2023? Because Jake and I were like, like two of the few reviewers that actually kind of like this cool. game. I mean, Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, to my point, you know, the disclosure here is that I hosted the Comic-Con sure. panel, uh, worked with the team closely to put that together. And it was just like, I know I haven't spoken about my experience with the game, but I was playing it before that. And I was like, I'm actually having a really fun time. Sure. Like, I, I've I, got no like uh, uh, connection to them. I think it's a fun game. It's, it's fun. fine. It's And it's yeah. like, that's the thing. I think a lot of people, when we, we were talking about this in the, in the thing, where people were like, this game is utter trash. It's so shit, whatever. It's, it's like, it's really not. It's not particularly great. Like, I'm not going to come here out here and say that like, oh, you must play Immortals of Avium. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's fine. And it's like, pretty polished the pc performance was a bit of a bum unfortunately i will like i love all different types of games and all levels of games but i will always celebrate a game that is just like a bombastic silly maybe like overly expensive ridiculous (laughs) thing because (laughs) i love the spectacle they spent a lot of money you can tell they spent money to make this game because it had like Mm -hmm. hollywood cast full mocap unreal engine 5 they're like this is not this is a debut studio and they're getting like funding from whoever i don't know but like this is not a bootstrap thing where they were just kind of like cobbling together a few bucks and punching down a game yeah. like on the EA Originals label, which is, you know, like that. Actually, while we're on this topic, I just saw a headline that EA uh, may be dropping support for Wild Hearts. Oh, mm. really? Yeah, I saw that headline wow. as well. I'm not, that's not confirmed, so I'm yeah. not sure if that's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. That, anyway, that's that's a side yeah. note. But um, 
Yeah. So anyway, um, 45% of their studio is gone. Um, I mean, look, the silver lining is that the studio is still exists, yeah. at least for yeah. now. Because, look, when this launched, I think it peaked at around like 700 concurrent plays on Steam or something. Yeah. And it could have been less than that. That wow. I have a number in my head of 200 it had to be the current players. No, I think 700. Was it really? Yeah. What was the, was the price It point? was a full price game. It was a full price game. It was. Yeah. And it was not on Game Pass or anything. And it's a brief it adventure. It really should have been. Yeah. And so and it, it, those... It's original window was perfect. And then it sadly right, got delayed got into... Yeah. Uh, end of July. Yeah. Yes, so like Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate was coming and whatever. Yeah. So like that level of flop, which is a harsh word, but it's true. Yep. That's like you kind of think maybe that could kill a studio, especially when they clearly spent big money on it. Mm-hmm. So at least the studio still exists, and yeah. hopefully they get another yeah. crack at it. Because I really think that this was like, okay, maybe you didn't like even Waters of Avia, maybe you think it's whatever, but it's a pretty well-made game in many aspects. Like yeah. it's it's a game that's well made enough mm. that you'd want the team to have another crack yeah. at something mm-hmm. else. And I was kind of thinking like, look, I don't think everything should be a licensed product, but I do imagine about like, what if this team was to get a Marvel license, for example? I mm-hmm. reckon they would really crush it if they had a Marvel license and they were making, I don't know, the Doctor Strange, the first person shooter Call of Duty campaign. Totally. You know I mean? It's <laughs> not even joking. Like, like, absolutely. Yeah. Like that could work, right? And so, um, and that would maybe would de-risk it for them because, you know, they've got a license they can lean on mm-hmm. and they've clearly got like those AAA chops where yeah. they can make something like that. There's a lot of people in that studio too, like who come from like, Dead they're Space like, Call that's Duty totally. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad that they still exist. Yeah. It's sad, obviously. There's also like, like most game projects after it's done and shipped, there is downsizing. Yeah, like for people, sure. People well, it's like that are or, or on. Yeah, yeah, either that or most of the team is contracts and those contracts yeah, are done. Yeah. The so game it's is done, not, but forty five percent is it's, it's significant. Yeah, that's, which that's, is you turn down some I, walls. I imagine, like, if I see if I see a future in that studio, I imagine they scale down to do smaller projects. Like, I could see them coming back with a that ideas that they had in in yeah. the AV, like another game in the AVM universe that's more like a isometric tactics game or something oh, like that. I mean, as well, though, the mobile like, genre is so hot right now. If you think <laughs> the, the other version it's of this was um, the studio that did, uh, it was Marcus Leto's studio. Oh, oh yeah, disintegration. Yeah. disintegration. Disintegration. Oh, the hover, the hovercraft yeah, game. Yeah, 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 and it was very much, you know. That passion is, project of the creative director as yeah. Immortals is that they've wanted yeah, yeah. to do forever. But the difference was that was a bad game. Like that was a straight up bad game. Yeah, it really was. Really so like it, um, I think that the sad part of this is like people are always talking about having wanting new ideas mm. and also like that the the kind of existence of a tier of production yeah. game between indie and and AAA. And yeah. this feels like it's closer to AAA, but yeah. it's still that AAA values for sure. Yeah, yeah. The the production is definitely AAA, like you said. But like in terms of like experimenting with ideas, it feels very much like double A. Yes. And it's I feel like in terms of execution, it's probably what most people who used to make those games or want to make those games want out of it, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. this is the game that when you're done, you're like, I made a double A game, this is a banger. This sure. is a good double A game. And it's just unfortunate that it didn't really, I'm not saying people have to support it, yeah. but like, it, I feel like it's, there are factors at play within the industry that means that its failure is is a result of beyond just the quality of the game itself, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which definitely. is the sad part about it. I just, yeah, I mean, I think as well, like it's such, because clearly there's some issues with quality of that game, not, not quality in the sense that it's really buggy, quality in the overall package and whether or not hmm. people really find a lot in that. A lot of people just find, not much. They found it vacuous or whatever. Fair enough, right? But I mean, the price point thing is, I think, a big issue. Yeah. Because right now, yeah. like the way we talk about games and value and 
no one, like no one. It's nuanced. Like $70 yeah. for that game. Like we might sit here and say, okay, I had a 12, fun 12 hours of that game. And I paid, you know, what, like $10 an hour for that enjoyment. That's fine for me personally, right? But I think all of us at the same time would agree that like $70 for that game was not the right price point, no. like at all, you know? Especially in a sea of a lot of other games at the same totally, time too. Yeah. Totally, yeah. totally. Begging for your time and money. If you put that out of 40 bucks, I reckon it would change the narrative around this game. People would be more like, yeah, it's okay, sure. Why not? $40. Put it on Game Pass. It would have had a shot. Like all the commercial stuff is so different now when it comes to AA titles. And this just reflected none of that. So It's kind of sad because it's also kind of cyclical because I remember games that came out like this. We all do. And then the next kind of evolutionary step to make them viable was make them multiplayer or multiplayer them and make them like lifestyle games or service games. And it's sad. Well, I mean, hey, like Ninja Theory. Yeah, exactly. What was, what was that game they made? Uh, uh, the bleeding, fighting game. Bleeding, bleeding Edge. edge. Yeah, yeah. And yeah that's like, like they just, a bunch of double A's, Hellblade, yes. Bleeding yeah. Edge, and then they got, well, they got quiet. Enslaved. Yeah. Shout out to Enslaved. Shout out to Enslaved. <laughs> enslaved. Yeah, and that's, that's the worry is where like, this is another opportunity for the John Riccatellos of the world to reappear <laughs> and be like, you should have made it. So you monetize every yeah. frame yeah, see, of this game. You can't game. make these games anymore. Yeah, they you nobody can't. Wants to play such these. No one wants that. single player games anymore. I do. I want nothing but them. I want <laughs> more games like Immortals of Avium where the character equipment screen is really cool. And when you go to equip a gauntlet, the character spins around and he's yeah. looking at his gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, can I just see one again called Destiny 2? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I tried. It's not going to happen. So. I think timing's key as well, timing's right? Like great. it got, you know, you said it best, I think Ralph earlier, like it got delayed when it was going to come out. It was like at the right time yeah. frame. And then suddenly it wasn't like. Yeah. Oh no, it was, it was meant to be, it was meant to be like Comic-Con weekend, yeah. so yes. like end of July. And then it got delayed into mid August. Yeah. So. It's yeah. like it, that kind of yeah. stuff is like, it's it, not that like the game would have performed better by any means in terms of like the reviews would have been the same. And, and I'm sure people would have their same gripes, yeah. but in the sea of, a, you know, a year where seven out of ten may not be enough for a game. Yeah. Like, there's just too many freaking yeah. games this year. Yeah. yeah. I, you're better off just kicking it just for the sake of the game will probably make more money just by moving the date. I hope they become like a, a you know, airship syndicate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like that team, like they started off as a big team, you know, making a big project. And now they just make No, they started off small. Airship. As in like uh, the, the origins of the people who work there, like because they were at the Darksiders yeah, and that kind right, of yeah. stuff. And now they make really cool, small games. And I believe they work with like Riot on one of their Riot Forge titles. Yeah. yeah. And that's a really cool game. I'd love to see this studio do something like that, where it's like, we're a small team. We've got the chops to make awesome, really cool games. We're going to do that instead of trying yeah, to make a massive yeah I, I agree I, that's yeah I think, yeah similar to what i was saying before i think if you give them a license something safe yeah. that lets them like lend their talent to it and gives them yeah. a buffer where they can like guarantee some success i think that'd be good so yeah, yeah okay. shout out to ascendant hope you guys are doing okay yeah and uh you check know. out immortals of avium check out our videos on yeah it. yeah cool. like yeah. it's like like when the price drops i think it's worth checking out when you, know you I mean? can yeah. when you can when you feel like it's the right yeah. price i yeah. think it's worth it yeah Yep. Not that you don't have any games to play because there's, there's <laughs> yeah. too many yeah, games. Is. When you're done with your third playthrough of Baldur's Gate, <laughs> you can then, uh, you know, let's see. Uh, next up, so the reason why we're here, all the games we played, uh, you guys got to check out Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. We did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, indeed. What's the deal with that? It's a video game. Chocobo is confirmed or yeah, what? Man. Yeah, man. They oh, yeah. Up. They that's sick. Up. Okay, that's so cool when i was doing they actually there's a clip in the trailer they released just well because state of play just happened by the way 
Um, and there's a clip of a chocobo just straight up walking up a wall. That's so cool. And I was actually trying to like, because when I was playing, I had I was on my chocobo. I saw this wall. It has like some up arrows and a picture of a chocobo. And I'm like, I can climb that wall, can't I? And I was like pushing into the wall, pressing all these <laughs> buttons. Nothing worked. And eventually I just walked away sad. It's like, oh, because there's got, no one around me that I could ask. You got to so. unlock the ultimate chocobo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's it's it. It's got to yeah, be the, yeah. the perfect golden chocobo. Yeah. Yep, yep, but Red yep. 13 can ride a chocobo. Dude, that that is the that is the funniest <laughs> image ever. Yeah. Is Red Thir- an animal riding an animal, but like action? It, it's like imagine if Red Thirteen rode a motorcycle. That's like yeah, what that's he looked yeah, like. Yeah, that's pretty nice. To be honest, yeah, it was pretty cool. Maybe I was imagining it, but he looks slightly uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. it reminds this me of. Us both. I, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see the scene. Uh, when they sneak on the boot, <laughs> the boat to Junon to Costa del Sol, where he's in the human outfit yeah, yeah. of oh. the sailor, and he's doing that weird dance thing for like forever. That's gonna be great. <laughs> I just imagine Red on the chocobo being like, "You ever die, a hero? Or you live long enough?" So positive sentiment so, all around. Like, is yeah, it like, what you expect? Look, okay. Here's the thing. I don't know how you feel about this, Gerard. Yeah, personally. So I was there. The, the, the demo that we played was the TGS demo, which is going to be available Tokyo Game Show next week. It's divide, it was divided into two parts, 15-minute block where you get to play as Cloud and Sephiroth and another block where you're kind of just exploring the open world, right? In a very small section of the open world and that was it. Unfortunately, the demo is just not... I just don't think it was a great... It didn't show off a lot, you know? It's like, yeah. cool, you could play a Sephiroth. And I loved it. It was fantastic, super cool. The the um, It looks fantastic. The dialogue between the characters is rad. Like being oh, I mean, that, lo- that localization team <laughs> sure. has got a lot to answer for. It's like yes. in a good... You, see, you know how everyone cottoned on to how horny Baldur's Gate is yeah, and yeah, the yeah. big memes and everything. It's going to be... There is, of, there is going to be so... I mean, yeah. so much more Cloud Sephiroth stuff. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. There's a point Definitely. There's a point where they they have a, they fight against something and Sephiroth goes, oh, you're panting already. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then he calls him like a little puppy. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah, he calls him yeah. such a little puppy. There's, there's <laughs> some real interview with the vampire vibes. Yeah. 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 Well, I so, think that's actually... Not to put my actually glasses on, but the reason why Sephiroth calls Cloud a puppy, and this is spoilers for Crisis Core and Bounty yeah. 7, just so you know, is because uh, there's a character named Zack who actually, in that moment, is playing the role of Cloud, and Cloud's yeah. lying about what's there, yeah. and they call Zack, oh. Zack the puppy, the puppy. entire oh. game. Yeah. So in that yeah. moment, when you see him call him that, you know, you're just, you're oh, you're a, you're puppy. a puppy. It's like he's actually yeah. calling him Zach the puppy. But who's did he need there. to but sound he, the so way sexy? He said it though. It was so very sexual. Yes, he was. Ve- he was very sexual. It was. It was. So. It was hot. So I mean, like, I I definitely enjoyed. I I guess I definitely enjoyed the demo because you know, like, I love the remake series. Basically, well, the first game at least. I, I can't say at this point, but um, but yeah, it just didn't show off a lot. You know what I mean? Because it was just a pretty small slice. So we played another game this week where we got to play like two and a half hours and Spider-Man we played for about two and a half hours as well. That really lets you sink into a game, experience different things, explore, see different parts of it. This demo was just, it was just quite brief. So again, I had a really great time. It looks great. Sounds great. Ticks every box for me. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. Looks like you're on track. But I would say that the trailer that I saw at State of Play today got me way more hyped about this yeah. game than my hands-on time with it was. Because again, the hands-on was just was just quite a limited slice. I also yeah. haven't played it since 2020. And sure. that is a hard game to pick 
back up again, especially because oh, yeah, they yeah, yeah. had yeah. the like the synergy stuff yes. going on. Yeah. Synergy, and I was like, synergy abilities. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I couldn't yeah. remember half. There's of a it. bunch of new mechanics. Yeah, now. that's what I wanted to ask. Like, what are the big gameplay changeups? The biggest thing is that uh, now you can create um, party buildouts. Yep. So you can create an advance, like instead of having to be like, oh, I want to change them individually. You can have three preset parties that you are just like, okay, this is my my Cloud Tifa Barrett party, my my Cloud Aerith Red Thirteen party, or whatever, and you can oh, just wow. hot swap them like in the battlefields. You don't have to open a menu; you just press X and a button, and boom, you're That's there. Nice. They're, they're all hanging around as well. Yeah, so yeah they're all just it's like, like yeah. when, we're, when we're on chocobos, all of them are on chocobos, and I really liked it because it was like you'd have up front front would be your main three, and if yeah. you swap, it's like they'd top like, gun formation. Yeah, they'd like yeah, back yeah, out, yeah, and then yeah. the others would come forward. Yeah, and and, and, and cool. it, it, the cool thing about it is that it feels like because you know in Final Fantasy VII, obviously you've got a three party setup, and then how it happened is the others would go ahead or go behind or we'll meet you at the next location cloud. Yeah. And then they'd call you on the phone and you know, that's who you switch party members this time around. They're, they're hovering around the battles mm. and they actually participate in the battles, but they don't do any damage. Like, it's you'll like see, a visual thing. you'll see Barrett be like, you know, fight, you know, shooting his gun arm or throwing a grenade, like fire the hole or whatever. And like, doesn't do anything to the fight, but you feel like it's you like have you're a party all in five. Yeah, it's a battle. Three. They're yeah. all weird That's moments, awesome. though, because he's obviously can partake because he's a like long range. That I had Gun a man. moment where I panned the camera and Tifa was just in the background, kind of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, just yeah. wait for her. Throw me in, coach. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the the new big skill they were showing off is synergy skills. Yeah, so synergy abilities. It's like another. So now in the menu of like, if you have your, your three characters, they have like five blue like meters okay. and uh, every time you, I don't remember actually how to build the meter cause it was, it all happened really quickly, yeah. but uh, based off of how you stagger, how you apply pressure on um, yes. the abilities and how you use your ATB moves and all that such, you fill up your meter. And then when two party members have the meter, you can turn on a synergy ability. And it's like essentially a, a combo team up move similar to that of like Chrono Trigger or Sea of Stars yeah. where these two come together and do this crazy cool combat move yeah. and uh, all of them I've, I, I mean I can only assume but you can it doesn't have to be Cloud and another person it can no. be it can be anyone Barrett yeah. and Tifa like okay. they all oh, have nice. they all have their own combination and so uh, it's really useful because some of them are just healing some of them are just combat yeah um, the one with Cloud and Sephiroth was like they oh, really sick. wanted to show that yeah, off yeah, in yeah, yeah. in yeah. the in the Nibelheim portion and it was it was so sick you're yeah, fighting this really big cool. boss and it, it comes up. It, it it feels more important than limit break almost because it's it's <laughs> yeah. a whole cutscene and everything. Than limit break. Yeah, it's like limit break is yeah. When you team up together, it's just it's more fun. Yeah. I think for sure. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. And they have a like a counter system or like a more useful because in the other one you could block, but it was like why like what are you getting out of this? But in this game, if you block and then press a button. Uh, you will do like a special move that is only accessible when you're blocking. Yeah. Oh, so wow. like there's one way it'll be like you parry a projectile back. Another one's like you charge a blade with Sephiroth and then like unleash a massive like slicing move. And it's really, really cool that um, they have that element of it. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah they, they kind of, um, they, uh, for you Crisis Core fans who played the, the remake version of Crisis Core, Zach has, has this new parry mechanic where like he can change stances and yeah. that kind of makes him like a slow tank and he takes damage but does like bigger moves and can block stuff um 
they kind of gave that to Cloud in a more modern way. So now yeah. Cloud has like a secondary stance that okay. mimics that. Up. He had it in the first game too. Yeah, but yeah he This has one that. is like a little more close yeah. to that mechanic where it creates a little more ebb and flow to what you were saying, which yeah. is like creates unique opportunity. Yeah, okay. creates yeah. unique opportunities to counterattack and 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 yeah. Sephiroth had similar things where it was like yeah. Once you hit ten attacks in a combo, instead of doing a basic attack, it would switch to like a special like you know multi blade attack, and it yeah. was like encouraging you to do that stuff and the old like synergy system is also good because it forces you to make sure that you're swapping to other characters and yeah give, or at least giving them commands to make sure they're involved they showed us like a private little like cool um video that was like from the developer the directors mm -hmm. and the and combat director and so on and so forth and they were saying their biggest thing was we want players to use the entire cast all the time. Yeah. They don't want yeah. you and to be encouraging that. Yeah, and that, okay. and and that's why synergy ability is such a core mechanic because they like want that. they okay. want you to be able to do it. And I agree. I kind of wish that you could change party members during a fight because you yeah. can't do it during a fight. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. the balancing for that is probably tricky when you've got like yeah. the ability to bring in anyone and at a certain point like how many how do you limit who you can bring in and he yeah. can't because like a, yeah. you, if you've got Yuffie and Kate Sith and and all these other characters and Vincent and all that and like yeah he's bringing in eight different people <laughs> in one battle this like going yeah mad but the trailer is like the released is wild because it, it like confirms Golden Saucer is back yes. and you the weapon Cloud fights are back Cloud on Segway it's That's got huge. Chocobo breeding yeah. it's got every the stuff that people thought this game is like the, it's being created with a budget and like a, a kind of like polished level that feels like it would cost way too much to make it, it everything it was yeah they're actually doing it like yeah the, only, the big question mark that that the demo doesn't really solve on the junon side is what is the open world aspect completely? yeah that's what i yeah, wanted was, yeah. the open world was very restricted it yeah because basically i don't know how familiar you are with final fantasy 7 <laughs> yeah but um you know the portion where you like you walk from the Midgar Zolom cave to like junon and then yeah, like yeah. you you had the fight with the dolphin and the girl and the monster <laughs> well, i'm a little fuzzy but yeah, yeah, yeah. well yeah. basically Dolphin's back. The dolphin's back. Cool. He's better than ever. <laughs> he really um, is. Back and better than ever. Yeah. They changed the opening sequence a little bit. So now Yuffie's the one in danger instead of the little girl, um, which was really interesting. Hmm. But um, before you walk into the city, that's where like the open world part of the game plays. And you open the map and it, you see like the entrance to Junon and you see like where the rest of the map is. But and because it's a, a demo, obviously... There, there are some areas that are like you can't go here because it's a demo, mm. but there's not. I don't really know what it looks like. like this feels like open zone ish. Yeah, that's like, what I would guess. To, yeah. to Final Fantasy 16, okay. where you might fast travel in some other places, or some areas are like kind of roped off differently. But as of right now, we don't really know if it's actually the open world that we think it is. Yeah. Um, especially because everything is just so intricate and specific with how they designed the map. I think they'll be okay with however they do it just because for seven, it was pretty abstract. Like yeah. a lot of it was pretty simple back in the day. So I feel like yeah. there's room to get weird yeah. Yeah. or keep it simple. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I, think you're, I think you're right, Ralph. The the slices they chose were not the strongest, especially yeah. the, the Nibbleheim one. Like you just sure. you walk ten feet and, and then it's you're over. done. It's yeah, like, yeah. 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 that was it's very just a boss. Battle. It was just so you could play Sephiroth. Yeah, which is awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. But I think the reasoning was like, if we make it too big, people aren't going to get off the demo station. So. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah, well, thing, yeah. But absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does kind of hurt in a preview session. But I mean, for me personally, like obviously Final Fantasy 16, everyone's responded to it in different ways. Um, I, you know, I liked the adult tone of it, um, but I didn't love it. And I guess now having seen particularly this trailer for Rebirth, I'm like, 
fuck yeah, man. That, <laughs> that like the craziness, the ridiculousness, the cast of characters, that vibrancy. I'm just like, oh, I'm so excited for that again. Because again, I, I enjoyed the more serious take on Final Fantasy with 16 for sure. I'm glad they explored that direction. You know, it's yeah. actually one of the parts of the game that I liked the most of it, I think. But at the same time, I, part of me was a bit like, oh, you could still get a little bit goofier, right? You can still mix it up a little bit, yeah? <laughs> and this trailer was just wall-to-wall fucking nuts. And I'm like, yes, let's do that, please. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. the demo, to give you an idea, Jake, the Junon portion was like there's four fiend hunts outside of the mm. entrance to yeah, Junon. Yeah. Okay. And that was kind of the only thing you could do. Okay, you could run like around the and activity. Did you find the... So, I mean, like, crafting was much more of a yeah. thing. Crafting was a huge thing, but too. Also, Chocobos. Did you do the the little sniff thing? Yeah. Yes. They can basically, if there's a treasure around them, they kind of go, mm? and then you, <laughs> yeah. you follow the scent and you yeah. can dig yeah, it up. Yeah, you tell and... it to like sniff and, and then you follow it. And, and there are these little cute. Chocobos that come up oh, to you yeah. and yeah. they're like, hey, what's up? And then you're like, hey, and then they run away from you to chase them and they lead you to a Chocobo stop. And then you can like pick up the sign and then that becomes your fast travel point. Oh, okay. And then you can give oh, a little that. Chocobo a little pat and be like, yo, what's yeah. up, man? Thanks nice. very much for this. So it has yeah. a theme. Do they have the Chocobo? Oh, yeah. It's illegal to not. Yeah. 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 So it's, the yeah. menu music was also the same, but I wonder if that's yeah. The battle, yeah, the battle music yeah. was. I think it was similar, but like it yeah, felt they, a bit different. Yeah. Just a little, like a few more layers on it. And it's so good. Just it was like, good. The music track. was great. Yeah. What a track. Yeah. yeah they, um, the the interesting thing was so with these fiend hunts, there were four of them, and all three of them, or all four of them, had three objectives yeah. that you had to execute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based off of completing them. Wait, like, so it's like, do it in the time, pressure the enemy, stagger them. The yeah. Enemy. What the One hell's the difference between pressure oh, and stagger? I got you. Okay. Thank so, you. So, <laughs> so pressure essentially in 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 this instance of, of Rebirth is one of two things. It's either um, you use the most devastating weakness oh, of that okay. thing. So in the case, if it's like a, a hard-shelled enemy, like using bio or poison, gotcha. like is its most devastating thing. For me, it's ice cream. <laughs> there you go. Uh, or or there's a specific task that the enemy will do that you then have to perform to put it in a pressured state. So there was one hunt where I fought this um this big condor bird yeah. thing. Yeah. And uh every time I got into a fight, I use the assess materia and it tells you its weaknesses, its statuses, mm -hmm. and then tells you a fun fact. And there's also this this robot called uh, Mia that's giving you yeah. data points and like telling you about yeah. about the hunt and the fight. And like it's almost like a Pokedex. It's like, this yeah. is the thing you're fighting. Isn't that cool? Um, but when you use the assess materia, it tells you in mm -hmm. bold font, like, hey, week, week to this. Week to this, or this enemy in this case this condor thing is like it will be in a pressured state if you dodge at the precise moment that it does a devastating attack uh, yeah. so you piss it off it, it gets mad at you goes to attack you you then dodge it and then when you do that suddenly it's like surprised that you dodge like, puts it in a pressured state <laughs> and then you yeah. Build up the stagger meter. Yeah, right. Stagger meter is what you use to yeah, to down it and, and yeah. that condo really, is, really well. That condo fight oh, is really you. fun. Yeah, FF seven is like my yeah my thing. Jam. It also yeah. asks you in that fight to be like, hey, it's going to do this move. Interrupt it. Yeah, yes. which means that you have to like really pay attention to the uh, the actual fight as it's happening to so the spamming, which I think is really clever. Yeah. 
I found yeah. myself getting bodied a lot despite me like me using yeah. using the same old tricks yeah. I've learned from from Rebirth. I was like, blocking's not working quite as well. Dodging's not working quite as well. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't tell if it was me just not playing the game in the last three years or yeah, yeah. if it was I think just it's unfamiliarity because it gives you a lot of mechanics to get to grips with. Again, there even are things I, popping I, up. Yeah, I played <laughs> I played that game so much the original, and even I was like, why do I feel incompetent right now? Yeah. It's just because yeah. you're trying to do the new stuff, but mm -hmm. also remember the old stuff. It's yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Sounds good. Yeah. And it's, it's February. We know it's coming February mm -hmm. now. February yeah. 29th. Yeah. Leap, leap, leap time for it, right? Yeah. So is there anything else coming February next year that we know of oh. already? Uh, there's going to be stuff. Well, I mean, February, February last, last year, year the last two years, two years has been in a row. nuts. Yeah. yeah. But like, usually we've kind of known that stuff was coming by this point, because the only other window to announce stuff, like big stuff, is like the Game Awards at this point, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But you could, you could announce something in December. Leading. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... I feel like February this year looks a bit lighter because January we've now got Alone in the Dark, Tekken, mm -hmm. and there's something else announced in January. Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia, right? Yeah. And so February is this, and I feel like there was something else coming in Feb. Have you got a list there? I'm looking for one. Um, there might have been a couple of things oh, announced yeah. in the- uh, Suicide Squad. No, it's not. It says February 2nd on there. That's going to get delayed. That's getting delayed again. That's getting no delayed. Way, dude. Uh, we never heard of Persona 3 Reload. That. Oh, oh okay. Uh, okay. Mario versus Donk Nightingale. Nightingale is the um yeah. is the former Bioware guys. Yeah, yeah. Cool. and Tomb Raider Remastered. Oh, I thought That's you said Sonic versus Nightingale, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I played that. Mario versus Donkey Kong, Nightingale, yeah. Tomb Raider Remastered, Persona 3 Reload, Suicide Squad, and Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Okay, Homeworld yeah. 3. So it's not like, oh, Homeworld 3 as well, yeah. So February's not as nuts as it has been in the past with yeah. like six AAA bangers just hitting all mm. at once and... That was just like was I died in those months. Uh, so yeah, this would be nice to play through. Then I'm yeah. excited. I'm really yeah. pumped for it for sure. Yeah. Sure. I'm excited for uh, Spider Man, the other game we got to play. Yeah, oh, man. we yeah. all felt like Spider Man again. It, yep, <laughs> yep, definitely. All two of them. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Spider Man. Yeah. So, oh my god, I want to know because you're uh, you and you're a New Yorker. Mm -hmm. This is your home turf. What mm -hmm. did you think? Uh, so I immediately got to work and just like scoured the map as much as I could. Yeah. And they added. Uh, like Upper Queens, Brooklyn, and um, it's it's pretty good. It's got like it's it's kind of how their New York is, where it's like really good. It's a really good fictional New York, where it's like you can recognize landmarks and you kind of can go off of direction. And neighborhoods do have somewhat of a feel to them, but it's all very sterile. It's idealized, right? You know, it, it doesn't have that that grit or Grinch. grime to it. Sure. Um, no but, one shouting, I'm walking here. No, I mean, that's definitely in there. That has to be, right? Um, <laughs> Either that or, hey, it's Spider-Man. There's a lot of that still, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because it's like a lot of low-lying areas now, like in, in yeah. Queens and Brooklyn, so, mm. which is rapidly changing sure. in real life constantly. So yeah, it, it was it was, it, it was cool. I, the thing, I, the, my biggest takeaway like environmentally was just how much brighter and vibrant everything is Definitely. Mm -hmm. because it, you know i, I played spider-man the remastered ps5 the pc version so the density the crowds the cars has already been pretty great miles morales was a big jump in fidelity mm -hmm. too but now i think it's like a more of a color palette and lighting thing where this game is like whoa like it's very mm -hmm. in your face mm -hmm. it's a different time of year too it's like spring or summery but it's just got a lot of like life to it mm -hmm. which is cool yeah for sure yeah, the, the crowd density on the ground was what really was like yeah. just straight away. As soon as you look down, you're like, okay, this is a different game than Miles or Remaster or whatever. Like they're just the level of visual fidelity. But even just like when I first stepped into that, there's just because the demo began with um, like this scene in a church, yeah. right? And 
you know, like Pete's in a symbiote suit and it's all like black and very slick and just the lighting on it and the yeah. lighting on the wood and the textures on it. The whole thing, I was just like, wow, man, this looks significantly better than I remember. Like, yeah, I mean, and I remember that game looking really good back then. Yeah. So yeah. that was one part of the demo that really stood out to me. Just like visually, it's it's quite a step up for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's also just there's a lot more going on. That was my big takeaway. Especially with combat, definitely. There's like a lot yeah. of stuff. I mean, like tricky to yeah. grips with. On it was it was pretty rough because now it's like okay, you're you're worrying about the dodges, you're worrying about certain attacks that you can't totally. Do, but then like there's different colored. But like, also you're worrying about parrying, parrying. now. Yeah, yeah, so now it's like there's you got to look out for yellow, you got to look out for red, then you got to look out for blue, and it's all coming at you a lot. Mm. And uh, yeah, you can parry. Spider Man got- can parry, but not like <laughs> Batman right. where he'll grab your fist and twist it around. He just goes. Yeah, like it's like an explosion of symbiote. Yeah, yeah. Just it's, like it's, 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 it's genuinely reserved for like if a heavy or like big weaponed character is like going Those guys to with two blades, they're like, yeah, here, yeah. here comes the big move. That's when you're like, all right, and parry. Yeah, I, I think that the parry thing has like one step too many because like it, what, the yellow is to tell you a, an, a parryable attack is coming, yes, yes. and then the red is. Now you hit the parry button. Yeah, and I feel like I think in Sekiro it's like, which is the main <laughs> point of comparison for me. But it's like it flashes like this is about to happen, yeah. and then it just happens. And yeah. you so watch the animation. It's like back. Do red it. Yeah. for the parryable attack is a wild choice because yeah. red <laughs> to all gamers is no avoid or avoid danger. Yeah. Yeah. And blue is like safe cool stuff is happening yeah, blue's <laughs> yeah. A jump and it's on. like it's, blue is a crushing attack which you just need to get out of the way yeah. of and yeah. also uh shooting bullets is also red so yeah. you're yeah. like yeah, does parrying right. block bullets no it doesn't dodging no, it does doesn't, but they're yeah. both red mm-hmm. so you're like <laughs> i'd like to see spider-man parry a bullet <laughs> <laughs> that's how uncle like ben Neo. died that's brutal that's brutal yeah it, it, there's a lot going on it did lead to a lot of encounters just with enemies like you know a sword guy gun guy heavy guy yeah. a lot of it just felt messier more chaotic I where yeah. i couldn't just smoothly just stand there and like take everybody out because like I played the yeah. game, the previous game a lot. But we also dropped in at level twenty five. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, we it's yeah we no like, adjustment period. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean I got dumpstered multiple times on this demo. Me it was too. cool to get my ass yeah. kicked by the lizard. I was like cool. Yeah. He also he kicked my ass many times as well. And I was like, do I suck? I'm like, yeah, I do suck. But at the same time, it's level twenty five. Like I'm sure I would have had mm. a lot of practice by this point. Yeah. Because yeah, there's a lot of abilities and all those new mechanics and whatever. So, yeah. but I mean, like, I actually felt the difficulty was really well tuned in the sense that. I had to focus and I had because there was a risk with because there's a lot of new abilities now. The symbiote suit kind of just dumps all this power yeah. everywhere. It's like you get just two triggers massive, worth of face button correct. powers. Yeah, like six so like abilities that you can bind. You can kind of just yeah. use them on cooldown almost if you're playing well because the cooldowns are really short. And I was kind of worried like with those abilities plus the parry, is this going to be like really easy now and whatever? But no, like they've yeah. upped the difficulty, it seems, to like well, kind of balance for that. There's tons more enemies this time around. Yeah, yeah. I did so notice so that. Yeah, yeah like, you're like, you know, I, I think I was like uh, climbing a roof trying to knock out one of like Craven's satellites and the rooftop had like eight people, but I must have yeah. fought like 30 because they just kept coming and <laughs> yeah, then you yeah. have the, the flying robots and you're constantly just whipping and pulling yourself and it's it can be overwhelming, but it never felt unfair. It, sure. it felt exactly. like once I learned it, okay, I think I got it. Yeah. yeah, I think like there is a lot to get to grips with, but once you internalize it, as we probably would from the start, it makes a lot of sense. Like they have... 
the innate power on the left hand side, which is you hold L1 to access it, which mm -hmm. is for Peter, it's the symbiote and for Miles, it's the bioelectric stuff. And then they have the technology stuff on the right side. Yeah. yeah. And the technology stuff is more to create like an environment or manipulate the enemy. Yeah. Like you launch them with a technology thing or you like bring them together. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is where you either do for Peter, it's like heavy damage that also just happens to have AOE impact because it's the symbiote and it's just like reckless. Yeah. 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 Whereas for Miles, it's a little more focused. Like I can use my electric abilities to kind of like do damage and move around, which is so it's a lot to think about in one like encounter that you haven't like built up for mm. yeah um, but when i did towards the end get to grips with it it felt really satisfying it felt like playing one of those like very mechanics heavy fighting games yeah so mm -hmm. i enjoyed that element of it i was um sorry Gerard. no go ahead i was gonna say i think my probably my favorite part of the whole thing was just yuri lowenthal getting mad like yeah, that was a really so, uh... it was a sick angle you know because and i said in my video i'm like you know like Tobey Maguire, God love him, my favorite Spider-Man, but he could never sell the symbiote. Like he's just, he just couldn't sell it, you know? He danced his way through it. He, he's like yeah. he with, with the hair, with the dance, with the cookies, none of it worked, right? But like Yuri Lowenthal is just 100% selling it in his delivery. Yeah. Like you just feel this like seeding anger rising up without it over without him being like without it overdoing it yeah. so he's like he's not like comically evil. He's just kind of like a pissed off Pete. Blunt. And it, it reminded me of the Fox Kids Spider-Man can't. Yeah, 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 that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. The, the same <laughs> exactly. when he when that Peter Parker got the the symbiote suit, yep. it was very similar yeah. vibe. Yeah. So I, I think that whole angle is great because it creates a lot of natural tension with Miles because there's one scene where like Peter's like, oh, you know, Miles dropped a ball. He's like kind of blaming Miles. Yeah, he's not really, he's like, fault. relax. Yeah, yeah, he, he was trying his best. He's like, not good enough. You're like, okay. Yeah. And uh, he definitely and didn't drop the ball. That's, that's, yeah, that's how yeah, he was yeah. just yeah. genuinely being an asshole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that angle is really interesting because obviously that is going to spill out into his relationship with MJ. It's going to obviously affect the way he works with Miles. Yeah. It's going to have like internal struggle for Pete himself. Like oh, I'm just, yeah. that storyline I'm really keen on. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think, think narratively it's like doing some really interesting and potentially ambitious things because it is like about both characters having a crisis of identity and conscience yes. and also like discovery and loss of family. Like Peter lost family. And now Harry's back. So he's regained what is effectively a brother because it, when you see him talking to Miles or other people, he's very aggressive. Oh, but when yeah. you see him talking to Harry, he's, he's still very yeah. like, he's still he's normal. Doing is yeah, he's, he's like you can yeah. see the love he, for he's, him. He's almost it's almost like the Hulk holding a flower. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. And wow, you can tell Harry. like, and that the symbiote obviously takes your innate feelings and twists them and amplifies them. Yeah, and you can see that how his love for Harry is making him like worse to everyone else. At the same time, Miles lost his dad. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, Martin Lee is still out there somewhere and he's fixated on revenge, but he's trying to justify it as like a heroic thing that he's trying sure, to do. Sure. And yeah. like, they're both on the wrong path as Spider-Man, yeah. but they yeah. don't realize it, which is really yeah. cool and interesting. It's like one of the fundamentals of telling a good Spider-Man yeah, story. Yeah, I agree. They've always yeah. known Insomniac get it. Like, yeah. And I think for me, that's, that's the thing, right? Because I'm sure there'll be a lot of cynical takes on this game, which is like, oh, it's just Spider-Man 2, <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's Spider-Man. more Spider-Man. Spider You're like, no yeah, fucking see, shit it that's is. That's literally what I said you know? in my written preview. It's more of yeah. the same, but you have to remind yourself, more, more of that same is more of it's very, the yeah. best, like, totally. superhero, one of the best superhero games ever made. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. it's like, it's I, I think it quite similar, from what I can see, quite similar to Ragnarok, right? God of War Ragnarok, which is that this is a continuation of a saga, 
it started with what with with ps4 like you know original spider-man it was continued with miles in a kind of spin-off fashion and now it's the next chapter in that major story mm-hmm. and so it does reference a lot of what happened in the original like in the in the previous games um it's same like similar cast and whatever else same location same feel like this is yep. not you're not picking up a different game here yeah and i think you know some people are gonna now. be like well it should feel completely different like no it shouldn't it's a sequel to a very good video game and this is it and it's a new story and that's the part that's really mm. drawing me like i'm coming for the story yeah that's yeah. it like, yeah. i'm like i'm neither here nor there like the combat stuff is a nice addition i like it brooklyn and queens sure why yeah. not I, one thing i would say is it would be interesting if those locations were more diverse in terms of how they felt to play. They yeah, kind of yeah just I, feel... went, I went over there and I was like, oh, okay, this yeah. is not as many skyscrapers. Yeah, you wingsuit exactly. a little more, you mentioned the wingsuit like... as well. Like, yeah. yeah, wingsuit feels yeah. great. Wingsuit's wingsuit great, feels but, like, but I mean, it's also... like, it's full Batman. Yeah, you're just <laughs> <laughs> you're literally just flying and it's like, it was very easy to fly in and out of those areas yeah. and not really feel much difference to it. You're yeah. just supermaning around, like especially yeah. if you want to get places quick, like you're going to find yourself relying on just wingsuiting. So the wingsuit lets you glide especially if there's no buildings yeah. but then you can jump into you slip into like a wind stream yeah. down like a city block yeah. yes and then that's kind of like turbo mode where you are just flying straight yes. through new you york can, city there's so, something yeah shoot you up as yeah well, we did we did ask one of the devs like why would you swing if you can fly yeah and he did point out what we experienced is like wingsuit is good for short bursts but very quickly you slow down you're not moving as fast as you think unless you're in one of those slips i actually experienced that myself where i was like oh wingsuit i'm gonna do this all the time let's go yeah but then after a while i was like this is not as fun as web swinging it's still fun don't get me wrong but it's just way more fun to be web swinging and so that's what i eventually did you know because i and because i was like I can fly in a million games, but I can only web swing in one yeah. or I guess two with Fortnite. So like, I'm going to just do that here. That's and that's what, what I went for. back yeah. to, yeah. you know, that's and, I, I, come and to that, it. I was enjoying it more. It works that. better as like one part of an overall like yes. loop of, yeah, yeah. Sort of movement. And it's, it's, they basically put it in there because there was that moment in the original games where, where it's like, like uh, you uh, swing uh, out of the city and you're on a park and yeah. you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> nothing. You yeah. web zip your yeah. way into that one. Did you guys, when you beat the game, did you go back? Back in and do the side quests. No, because I, I was doing right, side I quests. Right as I, went. I was doing yeah. side stuff as I was playing. I was like, kind of. Did you guys do the one about the, uh, about Miles in the high school? Oh, yeah! No. Oh, the oh sorry. I thought you meant yeah, yeah. I think oh, meant like yeah, activities because yeah. I was like, okay, I'm collecting, yeah, so, I'm collecting stuff again. Yeah. No, no, no. So, so Gerard got a good one, like a I deep beat, one. I beat mm. the demo, uh, and yeah. I noticed that everyone was gone because I was taking my time. It was, it was like just Jake and I, me and you, Tam, Lucy, and and Jeff Keeley. Everyone else was gone. Yeah, yeah, and. I stopped playing and and shout outs by the way to all the users who work at Insomniac Games who yeah. came up oh, to yeah. all of us. That was a lot yeah. of yeah. to Josh and to oh, what was his name? Kai uh K- Kaide. 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 Yeah. Kaide. Yeah. He, he's a user who watches all of us and supports us. We appreciate you guys. Yes. Um they work at the QA team over at Insomniac, so oh, we appreciate yeah, them. Um after I was done playing, he was like, Do you want to go back in and play more? And I was like, <laughs> What do you mean there's more to play? And he goes, Boot up the game again and abandon the mission. So I did. And then I opened my menu and I had side quests that I could do oh. that were completely different from the main story. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I did one where uh, – and this is like what I – one of my favorite part about – my favorite parts about this demo experience was that you play as both Spider-Man obviously. But Miles is still in high school. Yeah. So like – He's writing his college essay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he still has like – like his side quests very much are like be a student kid and Peter's are like – you got to be an adult and do laundry and deliver pizza, whatever it is, right? And so um, for Miles, 
uh, the school mascot was stolen from the rival school. <laughs> nice. And you and they made it seem like that they stole like a person. They're like Lance has been stolen. Like <laughs> he was supposed to be at the pep rally, <laughs> and like this like crazy hacker is like the one responsible for it. And he needs to be reprimanded. And as you start doing this mission, it's a cool puzzle mission where you're reflecting light and using your moves to to change where it's pointed. And then there's like a, a cryptid message that you then use to go to a different location. And it all culminates in you opening up a storage locker. And inside is the hacker, which is just a bunch of high school kids who <laughs> know how to use an iPhone. And Lance, which is just an empty stuffed animal suit of a lion, which is the 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 mascot, uh, the mascot for the show. school. So. And so Miles is like, great, I got the mascot. And so instead of like fast traveling to the mission being over – you're swinging around New York <laughs> with this huge lion mask oh, on your shoulder. Like. That's what and, I like. And, and Miles is like trying not to like give up as he has this huge really? mascot on him. Okay. And it's kind of slows your momentum down a little bit. You can't use the wingsuit, but there's just something funny about this mascot that's like ragdolling <laughs> off of you as you're like trying to go back to school. Yeah, nice. It was yeah. cool. They didn't include that in the B-roll. No. 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 There's still some like a couple of interesting things. One of the things is like, even when I was talking to them, they very, very carefully avoided ever saying symbiote and venom. Yeah. Like, mm. oh, yeah. They, I know people call it the black suit, but like in a way, like people call it the symbiote suit yeah. way more. And they were like, we're not saying that. Yeah. They, 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 there is no Flash Thompson mentioned. Yep. There is no Eddie Brock mentioned. And they keep showing venom. So yep. it's like there's a question around what the deal is. I have there. my theories. There could I, be some I bold know, stuff. Yeah, I theory. Yeah, but like, I just want to say, like, if the last game did a great like the last game it was a big move to kill off ma like especially because that was before that had been done in a movie or anything like that yeah. was a big leap i feel like with this venom thing they're going to give us not the traditional yes what yeah, everybody yeah, expects yeah, and i yeah, want to yeah, see yeah, that yeah. this is like it feels like they're holding back kind of like how doc ock was a surprise mm-hmm. when you jump yeah. into the game like oh is he gonna what's gonna sure. happen is that gonna be and then oh shit yeah. So also we didn't mention like Craven the Hunter is in there and they're doing like a good job with him. Yeah. He's like menacing and he's he he's there to catch do, um, the lizard. Basically. He's kind of so like, he looks he, a lot better in the game than he does in the movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He's trailer, like a man. character that doesn't get a lot of time in sure. Marvel stuff. He feels like the chaos agent. Yes. Where, he's just there yeah, to yeah. kill. And that, like, was, that was the coolest thing about it. There's this one moment where where Peter is like fighting the crocodile and Craven at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And he's pissed off in the suit mm-hmm. because he's trying to pull, hit him with the with the needle and the, the other. Needle, yeah. And and Craven's messing it up for him. And yeah. so he's like mad at everyone. He's like, he he's like, why can't you all just let lizard. me do my damn he's job? Like, you yeah. asked for this and he yeah. like KOs some goon. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 It's just, so he's like, Dr. Connors, like, you're just, just stop. <laughs> just, you need to just stop. <laughs> like, let me uh, help. You. Yeah. Help, help me to help you. Yeah. Help yeah. me to help you. Like, all right, cool. uh, yeah. I did get to break this, or I tried to, I pushed the swinging as far as I could. I unlocked yeah. Yeah. as much traversal stuff as I could. And there's some new move. So, first of all, the swing animations are like, oh, <laughs> incredible. Always. You got it in Miles Morales. Like, they amped it up yeah. for Miles, and he's expressive and he's light and he's loose. But now you have that here for Peter as well. So, he's got a lot more expressiveness to his swinging. And then the new moves are pretty cool. Mm, yeah. A lot of a lot of cool options. I actually was surprised how much I could increase. You know, because in the previous game, it was like you got your momentum up to full speed, and that's about it. Like you just got there, and then that's how you go. But now, like it seemed like you could kind of go a little further, a little faster. Yeah, so. yeah. They said they actually specifically said that though. 
like in the briefing, they're mm. like, you fly through New York faster than ever before. Mm. Yeah. So maybe they were just talking about the wingsuit, but yeah. like, yeah, maybe yeah, swimming as well. There's something like the, the, the one where you like ping yourself off a building yeah. like, and then the loop de looped is like, yeah. it's designed. I think they want you to go higher as well. Yes. So you mm -hmm. can wingsuit down. So it makes sense. Yeah. yeah I'm in. Yeah. I'm an easy mark. The last I, game yeah, was like one totally. of my favorites. I feel like so. every time we do a preview, we're always like, uh, you know, on the fence about it. Like, you know, uh, we'll see if it works out and it's good. But like, I'm even just like, yeah, yeah this is going to be good. Be good. Like, that was my first Sony preview and I had a great time. It was, <laughs> it was rad. Yeah, Dude, yeah. When, when, when Craven like got in, in symbiote Peter's face and he was like, yeah. I, I smell a beast, yeah. Yeah. but also a man. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh my God, God. God. this is so cool. <laughs> even even yeah. Sony are doing horny content. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, I didn't even mean that, but yeah. It's the year of the thirst, Jesus. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. He's ready for the 19 inches. As for the listeners, I looked him dead in the eyes for that second, yes. <laughs> Next, we're going to talk about uh, a question from one of our users. Yes. User question. User submitted question. from Jack. We thought we'd do off topic. Jack asks, what are your top three movies of all time with only one sentence to justify each? Oh. Yeah. All right. See? Good question. Gerard, Gerard has leaned in. I'll go, I'll go first. Here we go. But none of these are going to surprise anyone. Mm. Uh, Back to the Future. Nice. Good choice. It is one of the, the the best time travel movies that has aged relatively well. Relatively? Yeah. Excuse me? Relatively. Incest is not. Your kids are going to love it. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It is the best video game movie that's not a video game. Mm. It, it elicits those feelings of it. And I love Edgar Wright and how it's directed. And then The Mummy. Oh, yes. yes. Thank you. Let's, let's Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You don't what, have to explain why. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Connell. Oh, Connell. <laughs> it's like you're on the wrong side of the river. The amount of times I say, Americans. I say that. I said that from when, when they did it in um, Finding Nemo. When they're like, humans think they own everything. And one of the other fish is like, probably American. <laughs> it's like, yes. It's very clever. Thank you, Pixar. So that's me. What about you, Jake? Uh, so uh, so you said the mummy, so I'm not going to use the mummy. Thank okay. you. Oh. But thank you, though. Like, Brett, speed. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, because it is a perfectly watchable, well-paced movie that I've actually watched twice in one sitting yeah <laughs> it was good yeah. i wasn't tired <laughs> oh, it was good yeah uh, best keanu uh also it's kind of like it changes right uh spider-man 2 hmm. yeah uh because it, it uh, oh, this is hard this is so hard i don't know because it's good <laughs> uh and i mean like that subway scene alone is so good Okay, actually, that's my um, my sentence is the the, the Sp Spider Man two specifically because there's a part where he gets knocked off the train and he goes spinning off the train and he hits the street level, and he shoots a taxi cab and he starts surfing on the ground with the taxi cab and he flips up and as he starts swinging back up to the train tracks, the music crescendos in this beautiful moment where he jumps and goes, ha, like that. And he goes onto the train to fight Doc Ock again. And I'm like getting the willies just thinking about it. Anyway, also that third. That was so cute. Cause that was yeah. like a kid explaining. And then I don't want to pick like this stuff. I, it's always obvious uh, mm, right now. Uh, prisoners 
Denis, Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, what it's, a pig. Wow. it's gorgeous. It is freaky. It is horrifying. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. excellent. It is. That's it, a yeah, great choice. That's it. Uh, okay, so Terminator Two because it is oh, the fuck. greatest action movie ever made. Sure. Oh, uh, still holds up to this day, even the effects, which <laughs> is wild. Yeah. Um, the Princess Bride. As you wish. As you wish. Endlessly quotable, fun sure. family romp that I watched multiple, multiple times when I was a child. Oh, yeah. And then Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind yeah. because being sad can be very beautiful sometimes. True. Great soundtrack, too. True. I am going to say Robocop. Because it is the Fuck. perfect film. There is literally said that. not a single that. frame you would change Fuck. about that it's film okay. in any it's way, okay. shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, I would say Goodfellas because I think it is just the yeah. I said that peak God. of that entire genre of cinema. Oh, I amuse you? Surpassed. Am I funny? <laughs> <laughs> and my third one is my out of weird, like the out of pocket one is actually, and I'm the only person who says on the entire planet, Steven Spielberg's Hook. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. A massive fan. Looky, looky. I got hooky. Hook. I think it's fantastic. I think it's so underrated. It gets so shat on by everyone. No, it's and everyone's good. like, no, you only liked it because you watched it when you were like eight or nine or whatever. Incorrect. I'm like, no, that is, is a fucking great, great film. Like Robin Williams, like fucking Dustin Hoffman as Hook, Bob Hoskins, just everyone. The whole thing is perfect. The sets are incredible. Actual real sets doing their thing. Just this is not one sentence. I know, Jack, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but you take know, it. That's it. And so Hook, man. Who's me? Sweet's me. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. I love it. Oh, Terminator 2 and Mummy Got Taken. So. Yeah. Well, I know one of yours. Demolition Man, number one. Nice. The greatest Ooh, action movie ever made. Is it because of the VR? It's got it's everything you VR. want. It's got Wesley Snipes kung fuing the shit out of <laughs> cops that don't know what they're doing <laughs> while, while Sylvester Stallone is hunting him in a world where Arnold Schwarzenegger is, Schwarzenegger is the president um, and Taco Bell won the franchise wars and destroyed all other franchises yeah. or Pizza Hut if you're in Europe. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's predicted pretty much everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. so it's it's perfect as a film. Especially the VR. That, that one bit that, so. um, that's one of them. Uh, Dark Knight is probably the best Batman movie ever made. Still, even with the Batman out there, yeah, I El Rata behave yourself. Um, and then <laughs> The Shining, I think, is probably yeah. just like classy choice. Yeah, Ooh. amazing, amazing movie, Kubrick. Um, and yeah, yeah, best horror. Topic. <sighs> Damn it, I want to go watch Hook now. I want to say, yeah, man, I, watch the I got the 4K yeah, Hook. Right, me too. The Mask, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Star Wars. Yep, uh, sure. blah, 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 blah. that was hard. Jack, Alien thank you for that question. Alien, Alien, Let's yeah, do that Alien. one again. The Prestige, Prestige. Uh, Christopher Nolan uh, in general tradition. is like yeah. one category. Zodiac. Yeah. I just yeah. whenever, Zodiac, I, whenever yeah. I fly, I kill first thing I look. Which Christopher Nolan movies are on the screen? I'm like, ah, yes, I will watch Interstellar for the 40th time on this flight. Let's go. Django Unchained, I can watch a million times. Interstellar is the one that I'm like, I'm good. Really? I rewatched it. I rewatched a few weeks ago because I was going through a Nolan phase. And, and you're, like, not on, you're not about it? Ooh. Oh, man. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Come on. I like that Matthew McConaughey yeah. just doing his thing. Oh, no, he's great. He's I great. think, the, no, the I think this is... core with the science stuff. Like, what else do you the want, science. man? The science <laughs> stuff I mean, no, no, plus no, the genuinely, emotion. Genuinely, the conceit <laughs> with Dr. Mann and all that stuff is great. And then our oh, love transcends time and yeah. space. And I was like, ooh, you lost me. Well... You lost me, Chrissy. 
Also, the and Watch- Jonathan. I don't know what to the say. Watchmen movie is pretty good. The Watchmen movie. Watchmen movie is a good movie. You guys okay. are gonna, you guys Where are, are those, you guys? I didn't know you guys were those Bro. people. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, the Watchmen movie. No, respect. It, no, really, it's like, great. That misunderstood great. the source yeah. material. It's like no, it didn't. Just it because understood it, was more, it. Very like, well. it really understood it. And you know who wrote that movie? Where were you guys when I needed you? Because when I was in college, everyone made fun of you for liking that Dude, movie. That movie yeah, that's a great movie. So, and the TV show as well. Like, oh, oh, the TV, TV show, oh, next level. Perfection. Don't even worry about it. Rorschach is so cool. He, I feel I like him. I be like Remo, like Rorschach. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a man to be literally me, right? Is that the meme? Yeah, yeah Rorschach is literally me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man. Well, uh, you can submit questions to contact at friendsperSecond.com. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the users for giving us weird stuff to yes. talk about sometimes. We salute you, users. Yes. Also, I should have said Tarzan. Also, that was really good. <laughs> that was not nice. Uh, with the Phil, on, Collins, the Phil Collins soundtrack. Oh, that yeah, Tarzan. Like, like, Tarzan. Like, I like one of the best Can you shout Oh, also, if we're singing Greatest Showman. Also, oh, like, no, Greatest Showman. Top Gun. That's a whole Wait, other Lucy, you've never seen Greatest Showman? Oh, oh man. Like it. I'm if coming you, to San Francisco guys, <laughs> if, if, just for that. If you yeah, guys say Greatest it. Showman in front of Zan, he'll perform the whole show. Oh, for yeah. Sick. I knew yes. I liked him. I, I messaged him the other day about <laughs> yeah. a musical we're going to see, and he was like, I am so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's cool. Well, well we just well, walked at the same time. Wow. 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 Do you have a thing when Jake's knock on the table? Buy me a Coke. Buy me a Coke. I'll buy, I'll, nice. I'll buy you. I'll buy you soda. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, technically, I bought you a diet coke. So oh, then I owe you. Let's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're good. Yeah. 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 Well, Way to throw it back in his face, Jay. Yeah. 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 Sorry, he just man. wanted a that's soda. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Well, that's it then. <laughs> this week in the way back, everyone. Yes. Mm. Uh, that's not it then. Yeah, <laughs> that's not it. That's not it. It's okay. You no. great. Uh, this week in the way back, uh, games that we all love from within this week. Uh, so we all can feel old together. Uh, I'm going to go first. Eight years ago, a little indie game came and changed the world. And now we know the name Toby Fox because of it. Mm. It is Undertale. Mm. <laughs> 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 what is that? I didn't realize those characters were named after. Uh, oh, yeah. This was, was amazing, by the way. We no. were at, we were at PAX and we were at the fan game of Booth. You've not played yeah. Undertale? I I, no. I've also not played Undertale. Yeah, listen to the story. It's great. Oh, God. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. We were at the fan game of Booth at PAX and they had like a little figure of Sans and then a little figure of Papyrus and they had their names in the font. And I went, <laughs> oh, are they named after fonts? <laughs> yeah, that was the <laughs> And they also, they also talk in those fonts. Yep. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Papyrus. My one is actually not one that I love, but just interesting. I just think it's interesting. Four years ago, Greedfall came out. Oh, bro. I mean, like, look, I personally did not love Greedfall. It was mm. made by it's made by a company called Spiders. It was a double A game. Spiders made that yeah, game? That's what the, <laughs> com- the comment section was like, I can't believe a bunch of spiders got together and made this game. You know? So um, it's, it's not that funny. Okay? The comment section was spared with that fucking shit. I'm like, it wasn't funny the first time. It's funny, it's funny because of how you're talking yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so Spiders, a video game studio, uh, made a great. Upbound by Flame, Fade, uh, Fame, 
And oh, also uh, Mars Warlogs. I don't know. Also, I, I, play all, I, I play all. You play all the spiders games. Yeah, right? fair enough. Weird. Freak. Yeah, the, yeah the, he's the, really the, caught the, in the, that the web. Studio, the studio does actually have a following. <laughs> like it's a thing for sure. But um, but yeah, like <laughs> I really just, yeah, he's like, like not having any of that. Not looking at the puns. But um, but um, yeah, like I didn't look. I personally didn't like it. It was was like. I think it was like 30 hours long and it felt like they took the, the first 10 hours and kind of stretched that out over mm. 30 hours. They had mm. all these like reuse spaces or whatever, but like they were really trying to do some stuff and they were really going for the Bioware style storytelling and approach at a time when no one else was really doing it. So like hats off for like, you know, going for that. And a lot of people really did like it and they're making a sequel yeah. from my, from memory. There's that, like, yeah. that's on the way. So yeah, man, grateful. Four years. That's it. Double, we don't often mention the double A stuff in this category. Mm. So, mm. Yeah, that was a good bring one. Bring it up. Uh, uh, 19 years ago, the greatest wrestling game ever made was released. Def Jam Fight for New York. <laughs> <laughs> what an incredible, incredible concept. Yeah. Uh, wrestlers, or slash, no, supposedly wrestlers, replaced by... Um, hip-hop artists and they just beat the shit out of each other yeah. the villain is snoop dog who That's goes by I, the crow, crow. <laughs> and he's trying to take over new york and you've got like method man red man you've got all every rapper dmx and A staggering the, roster. the best soundtrack like licensed music soundtrack bar none like yeah. still slap so hard mm. i wish they would bring that back uh, franchise or at least do a many remake. of us do yeah yeah i've i've like literally written down an entire concept for a new <laughs> def jam game that involves mumble rappers from soundcloud fighting classic rappers yeah to kind of in a, in a new city so, that's cool mm. oh my god come on that's so cool we gotta <laughs> hang out i want to yeah. talk about that um uh, mine is 23 years ago so here I am doing everything. <laughs> <laughs> so much singing in this Tony episode. Hawk's it's like Pro a musical. Was it two or one? Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, man. Oh, two. yeah, right. Show. Introduced the manual, so changed the world. Like yeah. Wait, was it? Manual wasn't in one? Manual was oh, not in one. Yeah. Manual was in two. And that, yes. like, but like, um, actually, really, the revert in three is what tied the combo chains together sure. better. Sure. But the manual was significant. And also, the maps in two were like the best. Yep. And it's great. And you didn't have to dunk on yourself while you were explaining. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, mine is also 19 years ago. Uh, the greatest life sim game I've made. The Sims, Sims. Two. Sims. I know. Yeah. I always Luke, say you are you, the Sims is your destiny. I am gonna Can't go an episode <laughs> without thought, mentioning the Sims. I thought, Can't go an episode without I mentioning destiny. She was okay? going to say Kingdom Hearts. No, no, no not anymore. Be the Sims. Not anymore. She hasn't mentioned it yet. So she's, she's repented. Not, not I've anymore. repented from my she's Sims. Repented. No, I just I, like Kingdom Hearts fans have made Kingdom Hearts unlikable. That's what. That's what's happened. <laughs> Every time that. you come on this show, yeah, I, I say that. Something. I say that. Get the Kingdom Hearts people I'm a Kingdom guys. Hearts person. I review those games. <laughs> I, like I love them. But every time I talk to I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan, I'm like, you get in a I get it. I get it. I get it. Not to be a Kingdom Hearts fan. Anyway, no, I Sims two. For me, I remember I had all of the Sims 1 expansions and in the Making Magic expansion, they had a disc and it had the uh, the video for The Sims 2, which would be like the main trailer and the intro movie. And I just watched it on repeat over and over and over again. <laughs> and then honestly, like Sims 4 has come a long, long way. But Sims 2, if you look at the animations, if you look at the way that The Sims worked and like they had memories and wants and needs and aspirations and fears and everything. that was just, it was, it's the perfect game. I remember when they came in those thick DVD size cases. Dude, yeah, it's like a book. Dude, I worked at yeah. Game, which Game yeah, I was, Stop. I was working at EBS at that time. We had. I don't like think Sims 2 of it. One, Sims 1 did, two, for sure. Three, we had four cabinets 
just Sims. for Sims. Was out of control. And they would empty every sure. day for literally years. Seasons, open for it business, was wild. university, it was pets. It was a time. Yeah, Holiday. I remember all those expansions. What sure. was it for the first one? What was it? Uh, hot Date. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was no, like, no, no, I was do like, you, ooh, Hot no, Date. No, I didn't have that one. Do you want to pull up that thread? Because I could probably name every single one. Oh. Is it uh, Hot Date Boston Out? No, no Boston, Boston Out was a game. Was one. Um, hot Date, Live in Large or Living It Up if you're in the UK. Um... <laughs> Holiday or vacation, superstar, make it magic. Oh my god, I can't which remember. One I, just, I remember all these boxes. Which one was Monkey Ball? Every time she which sees, one, which one was the one with the Monkey Ball? Oh. Is that living large? Fucking hell. Oh, because you were like rich. So yeah, yes. you get the Monkey Ball. Yeah, yeah, you come out of the tree. Yeah. Yeah, and your son would yell at him like he'd get mad. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the monkey would come and he's like, hurry up, serve <laughs> me my drinks. House party had Drew Carey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Drew Carey, if your party was really good, television host Drew Carey would come. Wow. Avril Lavigne was in, and so was John Bon Jovi was in Superstar. Black Eyed Peas were in a console spinoff yeah, one. Yeah, that was Derbs. Two expansions, 15 pounds. Yeah. That's how it was back in the day. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Before they got shitty with stuff packs. Yeah. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yeah. Well, and, and in retail. Yeah. That was, that, was, that was this week in the way back, everyone. There you go. Time keeps going. And unfortunately, <laughs> it's time to wrap up. Oh. Thank you guys all for being here. I don't know why I'm thanking you. We all do this. But uh, thank <laughs> I you. I came a long way to be here. Thank you. You got here for like an hour. I got a 15 hour flight home, you know? So. You just drove here. Yeah. Nice. It's nice. I'm yeah. jealous. Well, thank jealous. you to everybody for listening. We appreciate you guys. Yeah. You know, we're here on YouTube, of course, but also on all the podcast platforms. Rate it, you know, tell your friends. Thank you. All to, that stuff. Thank you to Tam. Who? Bye. Tam. Oh, yeah. Tam. I'm, thank you for having me again. Yes. I appreciate it. I'll be stuffed back into my in basement person. cellar. Mm-hmm. What do you got going on? What are you working on? Tell the people what you got. I have no idea. What <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sleep deprived. Uh, we got like a Spider Man thing going up soon. It'll be up. It'll be up. It'll, it'll, it'll be, be up for over it'll be a week. Old news Don't know. worry about it. Okay. How about the show that you and Lucy do? That's, that's oh, we do a shit, weekly man. show called Spot On, which is fun. I like it's it. A new it's show fun. is good. Yeah, like we try it. and have fun and do new stuff. But yeah, it's good. I like that you just tackle just like straight straight up and down topics. Like, should we pre-order games? Just like, let's talk yeah. about that. The yeah, answer is no, topics. but like, yeah. let's just have a fun chat about oh, it. Yeah, talk about it. You know, so I like it. Have we done? Should we pre-order games yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. I went to one. I'm like, I didn't imagine. Who was I watching? If it wasn't you, that's still the idea. That sounds great. It was us. Shit. All right, back to the drawing board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I'm Jake Baldino. This is Gerard, aka the Completionist. That is Lucy James. That is Tamar Hussein. That is Ralph, aka Skill Up. See you guys in the next one. Tie your shoes and go to bed. Yeah.